0: Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel, a Quantum Leap podcast with Sam and Dennis. We are coming to you from our top secret headquarters at Project Quantum Leap, but you can find us online at fwwquantumleappod.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Fate's Wide Wheel. And please do us a favor by hitting the subscribe button on iTunes. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. We're here at Project Quantum Leap in uh, beautiful, sunny, steamy, hot Chicago, Illinois. Yes. Uh, Dennis and I are joined by a very special guest. Uh, It's his birthday today. Uh, So thank you for joining us on your birthday. Dennis, it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. Happy Father's Day. Soon-to-be Father's Day to you you. I'm getting there. Um but our guest today is um dear friend of mine uh, Lamont Hendricks. He's joining us from Los Angeles, California.
1: Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, thank you. I'm glad to be here. A great time. So let's get into this week's episode.
0: Let's do it. Black on White on Fire. So this is Black on White on Fire, directed by Joe Napolitano, uh and written by Deborah Pratt. Obviously, neither one of those names are new to us, directed episodes before, and Deborah of course has written episodes before. Um The original air date was the 9th of November, 1990, and the leap date is August the 11th, 1965, and Sam has leapt into Ray
1: Harper. Yes, in Watts, Los Angeles, California. Here we go with the TV Guide description. Oh, boy. There's black, there's white, and in between, there's a gray area which is where Sam Scott Bakula lands as a black medical student with a white fiance and racially tense Watts in 1965
2: well that's it that's all they
1: said (laughs) this is just like the TV guide blurb uh, from from way back in the day yeah
2: I guess for most of you that would be what you're used to like just a little bit just to kind of get you jumping into it yeah
1: Yeah. a little little punny Yeah. Uh, yeah some of them get really punny and And some, yeah. There's black, there's white, there's gray. Uh, I don't know if it's a pun, but there's black, there's white, and in between there's a gray area, which is where Sam lands. Yeah, it's kind of... Yeah. 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 Little punny. But yeah, so Sam uh, leaps in, and like a lot of episodes, we get much of a longer introduction than we do from the the previous leap out from last week's episode. Yes. Um, So... uh, uh, Sam is is laying down we're in an outdoor setting we're not quite sure where we're at uh, but a uh, uh a blonde woman curls up to him um and just says you're not allowed to think about anything else but me except for maybe medical school they have a couple kisses they make out a little bit um and then we cut away to we see three black men approaching them and yeah. they look like they are not happy and they yeah they don't look like they have good intentions uh I think one of them says uh take them any way you want Papa Ray, I think that's the line Sam yeah Sam jumps up to Sam jumps up to defend uh the woman lets out a scream and and we go to opening credits yeah yeah no oh boy in this episode Nah, there is not an old boy to be heard in this episode. I, I'm okay with that. Is that a race? Yeah, it
0: is. So, uh, as our listeners may know, generally a lot of our special guests are seeing the show for the first time. So, Lamont, this is the first time you've ever seen Quantum Leap, right?
2: Yeah, it was, it was the first
0: episode ever. Yeah. So, there is a tradition that when he leaps in, uh, just as a sort of symbolic of the fish-out-of-water nature of a lot of this, that something happens, and his response, his exclamation, is usually... Oh, boy. Um, it, there's been some variations. One time he left into a rabbi, and when he realized that he was having to actually give the, the service, he uh, says, Oy vey. So, <laughs> but there's usually some kind of, yeah, exclamation of, oh, boy. And it doesn't always happen at the very beginning of the episode. Sometimes it happens internally. That's but uh, yeah. in general, yeah, it's something you see in the first, like, five seconds.
1: Yeah. So uh, the lack of, oh, boy, is kind of symbolic, because uh, that is very unlike an episode of Quantum Leap. And this episode is very unlike most episodes yeah, without of, a doubt. of Quantum Leap. Um, it's kind of an outlier.
2: Oh. Also I was thinking if he called if he accidentally called one of them a boy, that would get real dark. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, it, it would. would. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, but I guess I mean they would see him as oh yeah, so it wouldn't really matter so much. But yeah, maybe that's why they didn't want to do that.
0: Right. <laughs> I don't like so it's, it's interesting to know, and Lamont, this is stuff that you might not know um, just going into the production, but Deborah Pratt, who is the writer of the episode, um, is a person of color, and she's married, uh, well, she wrote this episode to a white man um, who's actually the creator and producer of Quantum Leap, uh, Donald Belisario. and she's written a couple of episodes prior to this uh, that definitely have to do... Um, with social injustice Mm -hmm. um one of her first episodes is set in the 50s and and sam leaps into a black man who's a chauffeur for a white woman oh Um, is that why he says i'm black again yeah Mm -hmm. yeah uh and then another episode he he leaps into a lawyer who's defending um a black woman defendant for killing a white man uh so this is definitely sort of I don't want to say familiar ground because the episode is very different from Mm -hmm. other Quantum Leap episodes and even those episodes, but this is certainly um, easy to imagine that she would have written the episode. Sure. And she certainly felt like she had something to say with the episode... not only from her own personal experiences being a, a black woman married to a white man, but in general wanting to make sure that people hadn't forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it was almost 25 years to the day, um, when this episode would have been shot or shortly after it would, you know, would have been being shot shortly after 25 years. Yeah. And, um, and then aired shortly after the 25th anniversary of the Watts riots as well. Um, so yeah, so that was just kind of a little bit of a little background on Deborah Pratt on the writer uh, and kind of where she's coming from. But Dennis made a comment um, last week before we even did this about how this episode almost felt like it was just a script that Deborah Pratt wanted to write as opposed to an episode of
1: Quantum Leap. Yeah, it, it feels very much like yeah, it, it feels like it feels like a story that she just like inserted Sam and Al into and turned it into a quantum leap story.
2: Uh, right, because you're. It could have been. It could have been. I mean, ultimately, it feels like if Sam and Al weren't in it, then it would still be the exact same story. It just he wouldn't have so much. They wouldn't have a way of giving the audience the context of why he doesn't know it. Sure, and also
0: it's interesting because you know we find out that the that the mission is to um, it was basically to save Susan. Yeah. Um, but that, in itself, almost feels secondary to a lot of this episode, and especially to the conclusion, which is unlike anything we've really ever gotten before.
1: Absolutely. Now, this just occurs to me, as that we're talking about uh, Jessica, Sam's wife, who has guested on a lot of episodes. She has made the observation sometimes that Sam is really no more qualified to fix the problem than the person that he has leaked into, other than the fact that he's from the future and he has foreknowledge of what is going to happen. Yeah. And I feel like this episode, Sam actually does nothing to change history. He just—I mean, given the fact that it, you know it, it's the, the Watts riots, like he is being totally reactive the entire episode. Yeah. And and we'll get to it at the end of the episode. It's the thing that he does is just like repeating something over and over again, trying to will Ray into making a decision after Ray leaps back in. Yeah. So all of that—it's like. Yes, like Sam doesn't really have a lot to contribute other than just being Sam. Yeah. And being a doctor.
0: Yeah. Lamont, how uh, how far are you from like the
2: Watts area? Uh, so I actually looked at the uh the map a little bit. I'm like in terms of uh, it, I mean it's it's different than like everywhere else like in terms of traffic <laughs> time, you know what I mean? Sure, like, sure. On, uh, sure. on a good day, I'm about I'm, I'm about 30 minutes from like Watts Compton area. Okay. Um, okay. But like uh, on like a general day, like normal day, I'm probably about 45 minutes to an hour away. And even though I'm only like 10 miles, if that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it just, uh, it just, I, I didn't realize it was so far because I'm like, I'm part of the, the LA that I'm part of. I'm northeast LA. Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: And,
2: and so uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm a little closer to Pasadena, a little east of Hollywood area. Versus like Compton Watts, They're, it's, it's lower than LAX. It's lower, you know, it's, it's, yeah. you know, southeast yeah. of LAX. It's, it's way out there. Um, it's very like residential areas. It's yeah. It's all, like, yeah, it's, it's almost an hour, you know, South.
0: Yeah. You know, it's fascinating to me, just the geography of, of Los Angeles and knowing how spread out it is. Um, that I, I think it's easy sometimes for people that aren't familiar with it and don't live there, uh, to just kind of think of it like any other city, like, Oh, it's Los Angeles, you know? Oh
2: yeah. It's it's 10 minutes away. No, like, yeah, yeah. like it's, it's like, it would be an interesting thing when I was, when I was, um, watching it, it, all this would be taking place, especially if it was taking place directly in Watts, it would be taking place so far away from anybody that wasn't Hispanic or black that mm-hmm. it would like, it wouldn't really be relevant, like it would be it would be taking place so far away It'd be like if it was taking place in Ohio just because you have generally if you don't work in watts, you have no reason to go anywhere near it sure. It's not like on the it's not on the way to anything it's- because, i mean because you know the residential housing and you know that whole time period where like you know this is the housing that they allowed or whatever whatever it's just so far away so it, it, I was thinking about it in the show. Like the only reason, you know, Susan, Susan, right. That was the mm-hmm. the, the fiance's name. Yeah. Yeah. He, he drops her off at his house. She dro- he drops. Sam drops her off her parents' house and in my head, I'm like, they would live so far away from each other. It wouldn't, mm. it wouldn't even be feasible. Like he, it, if she were to live in, uh, I would say the closest area would be like a nice area, but like Westchester or near LAX, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, yeah, it uh, it would be like a forty-five minute drive for him sure. to come down there. To come down there.
0: Well, and I think the other thing that's interesting, and we'll get to this a little bit more later too, is also thinking about the fact that her dad being a police officer, the notion of him actually being on the scene for the riots is probably a little fantastical as well, a little convenient for television, you know?
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a captain, they, no, he, he's not. He, he's not. It's not, it's not a foot soldier. Like he would. He would. Yeah. I mean. Maybe he, maybe since his daughter's you know involved that he would be a little bit more hands on. Sure. This was before like Google Maps. This was before like you know, <laughs> you know cell phones and stuff like that. Like he would have you you know you would have no way of knowing it where anyone was. Yeah. Just yeah. because you couldn't call someone at their house phone, they're out at the rights. They're out. You know. Yeah, yeah, there's a little suspension of disbelief in it, but like the point is, yeah, I get the point.
0: Thank you very much for that, Lamont. I I appreciate it again. That the perspective, just sort of on the geography of the city, uh, and and like you were saying too, thinking about um, where Susan and and her family live compared to where Ray and his family live, and uh, you know the distance there, and and then obviously context for later. I think that that'll be kind of kind of important.
2: Definitely, definitely, especially later on, because Ray talks about how it doesn't affect, you know. Uh, I'm just maybe jumping a little too late in the episode, but Ray talks about how, you know, all these things that are happening him don't seem to matter. All these people that happen to his people, our people, whatever, to black people in general, you know, don't seem to matter to Charlie, which is an interesting way of, you know, showing that he's pretty militant, calling. White people, Charlie. Right.
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I let's face it. By 1965, I mean I think that that would
2: have entered the lexicon enough as you know, uh, yeah. mean, meaning the end yeah, for sure. Saying it didn't ma- is like you, until until something happens to you know a white person, then then they realize oh maybe we've gone too far. And I, and I mean that, and I think that helps with the distance, like the distance between why this doesn't matter. It's so you're so far removed from it because yeah. it's not happening to you. You know that sort of thing. And I feel like this episode touched on that quite a bit at several different moments, especially in the beginning. They talk about it too. Absolutely, no. That's that's
0: that's that's excellent. I mean, I I, I think you're right, and um, I definitely want to get more in depth about some of this stuff. But I think just for the sake of kind of you know going along with our normal format, let's uh, you know chat about the plot a bit. Yeah.
1: So in this, uh, so when we come back from the the opening credits, uh, they kind of rough Sam up a bit. They rough Susan up a little bit. Um, and then finally, we, where we get laid out is that uh, Sam has left into Ray. Uh, Lonnie is Ray's brother. Lonnie is putting Ray through medical school. Lonnie does not want Ray to have anything to do with Susan. Thinks she is basically, to put it in the nicest way possible, that she is a distraction and in his bad That was very generous of you Say
2: what? (laughs) (laughs) No That was a very generous description Yeah yeah. and basically
1: basically, uh, Lonnie wants Ray to to settle down and be a doctor and Watts and help his own community and Susan wants Ray to uh, take the internship in Boston and just go off and have a Completely different kind of life. Well, and Lonnie even makes the comment that uh, that Ray's
0: just a trophy to her that she used yeah. to show off to her white liberal friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 so interesting because I think that, and we've even gotten it within the context of Quantum Leap before, that we generally get white people looking at interracial relationships as being wrong mm-hmm. but in this case to have a black man looking at his black brother and you know pointing out the reasons why he shouldn't be with this white woman I think is is a very unique point of view mm-hmm. um especially for 1990 on a tv show sure right right yeah Oof.
2: I didn't even think about that yeah like uh, I mean as a black man I have a black brother who would would very much so like to think and I have a black older brother so like just like Lonnie I don't know if he's just militant but you know <laughs> like so, very much so you know that the lookout for you and the idea that you know I know what's best for you and I'm doing something for you so and, and they they do a very good job of in the beginning establishing that that's Ronnie's goal is to look out for him in his best way like uh, and, and like opposed to making it about something else he's ultimately like no Ronnie would do best doing being a doctor for his people and and he feels that i feel like when you watch it he doesn't feel like susan is a bad person or that he hates her because of who she is he hates her for what he thinks she wants and Mm. and what she think what he thinks she'll do to his brother opposed to oh she's white so i just hate her in general i'm sure there's a little bit of that sure but it's it seems it seems you know conception I mean, not a conception. Uh, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Goodness gracious. Um, His
0: perception of of Susan? Of her goal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that that's one of the things that we can say again and again about this script, too, and about how strong the script is, is that the conflict between what these characters want, and even more importantly, what they think the other characters want, and, 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 yeah. and, you know, I, I think you're spot on with that, Lamont, because, it, again, this, this script is, is really, really tight. And it holds together really well. Um, and sure, there are some things that maybe get manufactured a little for drama's sake, like we are talking about when it comes <laughs> to the geography or whatever. Um, yeah. but, but I think that when it comes to the, the characters and the people, which is the most important thing about any script... Um, there's some really really nice conflicts and they're set up so well right off the bat and and like you say Lonnie it, you know believes that Susan is just using Ray um, and I think that you're right it's not necessarily that he just doesn't like her because she's white that there's more to it than that and and even more importantly he's just being protective of his brother
1: mm-hmm. yeah 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 it may also be worth noting is. Uh, you know, the Quantum Leap, the era that it was on, it did not shy away from using the N-word. Yeah. Um, mm. This is this is one episode where the only people you hear saying it are black people. Yeah. Uh, whereas in other episodes where, like, you know, Sam leaped into, you know, uh, you know a black man in the 1950s, and there, he leaps into an episode where he, uh, he is just getting inducted to the KKK as he leaps in. Oh, and so yeah. there are a lot of episodes where where white people throw the word out pretty pretty flagrantly um, and it's interesting in this context because we're in an era right now where uh, you know the feeling is like you should not say that word absolutely at all even if it's in a historically accurate uh, context, yeah. a context like even in a piece of art like mm-hmm.
2: this
1: mm-hmm. Um, So it's just interesting to note that, uh, yeah, we hear that word thrown around a lot in this episode.
2: That sounds so like I mean, mean, uh, in 1990, I was pretty young, (laughs) 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 Uh, but like it still sounds incredibly brave, and like, and um, and and it 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 felt like it was true to character. It wasn't; they weren't just using it for shock value. Don't me wrong. I mean, the, the word comes out like. Three minutes into the episode, you know, like it's yeah. like one of the first things that Ray's brother Lonnie says is like, da, 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 da. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, right off the bat, and you're like, oh, that's what this show's going to be about. I'm with, okay, you know. And so, but it's such a brave thing, like in 1990, for them to to kind of go that route and show that through that lens. Like, I imagine you didn't have too many shows.
1: I don't know. I, I feel like it was a lot more common because, like, you know, you you also had like miniseries like North and South. And and roots. Uh, there was a there was another TV miniseries that was really popular at the time, and it, you know it, it's kind of been forgotten now. But it was called Chiefs, and it took place like over three generations in a southern town. And I feel like oh, I feel like the the word was thrown around a lot in yeah. that miniseries as well. Um, so I feel like the word was used a lot more commonly, right. like when accurate in the time. Right. Yeah. Okay
0: what, just out of curiosity, so when we when we did um, uh, um, oh god, Color of Truth Color of, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when we were doing that episode, that's the first episode where the, the word gets used and our guest, um, Christopher, Chris Chris, I called him Christopher for the first few episodes, he's like, just call me Chris <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> 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 our guest Chris at the time, um, who was a black man, he you know, obviously was not a fan of the word being used um, but took it a little bit more like he, he, you know, he was able to make fun of it. Um, you know, like, like of course, here's just this racist scumbag, you know, who's going to drop an in bomb on me or whatever. So I'm curious Lamont, you know, being a black man, we didn't, we didn't say that to anybody, you know, I mean, whatever, <laughs> but, but being that you are indeed a black man, what, I mean, the, the way that the word is used in this episode, you know, is different than how it's been used in other episodes and how it will be used in other episodes. Um, I mean, how did it land on you to to, to hear it in, in the context?
2: So so normally, I mean, I'm so used to it being used as you know, a white guy saying it to kind of like lower somebody or something like that, and and uh, or you know, or like you know, like as this insult or this derogatory, heavy derogatory thing, and but in reality like and and, I, and but no one's ever said that to me no no one's been that brave no one's no <laughs> one's ever been like you're you're blah 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 because the reaction uh, would generally not be that great yeah but like i've had many many a black dude my brother my my, my own damn brother you know often says nigga you gotta <laughs> like as a, as a as a way of like yes still it, it's it's almost it's almost like a humbling word or or like a, an attention getter like the next words I'm going to say are important. So I'm going to say this to get your attention. Sure. I, but like, and so, but it, it felt real because in reality that is such a, um, that is how it's used still. Yeah. Like, uh, like, uh, I mean, I even find myself saying it every once in a while, like when I'm talking to another black guy and, and uh, you know, I'm normally in a joke, you know, like, but like, you know, when they do something that I consider like silly, you know what I mean? Like, sure. man, if you do know, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, and so, um, uh, or you know Whenever they do something r- ridiculous in public And I'm like well, we all here in public You're making us all look bad Normally something like that And so like it's, yeah. but it's, it's still true to, Like it's still used in that way Exactly how the, uh, Lonnie says it to Ray As in like Basically says You know In word If you don't pay attention and wake up You know something like that Almost as let like, know like, This is what you're acting like right now I need you to focus up And be better And, and it's still used in that such a way but normally it doesn't have any. It's not such a a negative. Like it's not such a negative connotation. It's just more of a. It's almost like a throwaway line now, and 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 it felt like that with him. It didn't feel like it was some racial heavy overtones it didn't feel like it was a way of establishing okay here this guy said the n-word so so now everyone knows he's racist just so we're clear like we don't have to give (laughs) a backstory we
0: just have him yes which is yeah which is exactly how it is in color of truth and that's what kind of what chris commented on too is it's just sort of like oh yeah here's this racist bastard here like it's like that's all it needs to happen i know i know where he's coming from now um right yeah, that's that is that is really interesting though because I, I think for me it's always been a word that has felt very like poisonous and and so. Um you know obviously I've never like if I hear if I hear a black man using it I'm never going to judge at all you know what I mean I might not necessarily like the word in any context but I'm sure as hell not going to be like well you shouldn't say that word sir uh, so, but 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 I think it's uh it's interesting to to hear it in the you know the notion of to it, it's like an intention getter you know it's like what I'm about to say is important you know and you need to hear this um, you know, or 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 you're you know you're acting like uh, you're, you're you're acting in a certain way or something like that. So it's interesting again, in the, especially in the context of this episode with the relationship between Lonnie and Ray and it getting used by Lonnie as much as it does, and 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 he clearly wants and needs to have Ray's attention. You sure, know?
2: right? It, it's almost it's almost like. I, I'm, as I'm thinking about it, it's almost like if I was saying, "Sam, listen, da 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 da," or like, "Sam, you're being about like." It's almost like saying someone's name. Mm. Like, if, if we're talking in a group setting, generally I'm talking to everyone, but the second someone says your specific name, you're like, "Oh, da da da." Almost like if you're talking with like your your like your wife or loved one or your girlfriend, most time you don't actually call them by their name. Most time, babe, boo, da 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 da, right. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know whatever the whatever context is, but the, the <laughs> second they say your name, you're like, "Oh, wait." This is serious. Yeah. Or, or I did something wrong. But sure. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. so it's or if, generally used in the same context. Yeah. yeah.
1: Or if they say your first and middle name. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I had a sibling use that on me in a conversation the other day on uh, phone. And it, did no. not, it did not go well. Yeah. Anyway, uh, important to note in the also in the scene we uh, the other two men that we meet are. Uh, Ray or Ray is the the man that Sam leads yeah. to uh Papa D and what's that's, that's the other one yeah 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 and, and uh, very
2: different versions of of uh they do a very good job of very different versions of like black men in the era like they're like they're they're all three uh they do a good job of like capturing um that, you know, not all black men would be like Lonnie. Sure. They do very good job of making, uh, letting you aware that for every Malcolm X out there, there is a, a you know, a Martin Luther King. There is, you sure. know, someone, for every Magneto, there is. You know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting, too, because, uh, y- you know, um, I'm getting I'm getting them confused in my mind now. Sure. Um, so I can't remember which one. But, I think the big one. But, the, yeah, the big Papa one. D. Yeah, Papa D. Papa D is very much... Um, about having a good time, too. Yeah. Like, it's clear that there's a certain level of militance that he's willing to go, especially with Lonnie, like, at Lonnie's sure. side. But he's the one that just, yeah. at the end of the day, he wants to spin some records, pop open a few beers, dance. And dance like a go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so you're right. I mean, it is, I, I, again, just going back to the, the, it's a well-written script, you know, you get these characters who do feel fully realized. They're not just, you know, stereotypes in any way, and yet they do help to represent, um... You know, with your observation there, Lamont, you're right. They represent sort of a different type of of person um, uh, that you might not necessarily, in the context of this episode, spring to mind. Like, you might easily put it into, like, you're either militant or you're not. And and these four guys, because I'm including Ray slash Sam in that, these four guys do a great way of kind of showing you, you know, four different pictures of, of a black man in 1965,
2: Right, yeah, a very good range, a spectrum. Because I mean, because it wasn't, I mean, uh, it wasn't just black or white or, or fire. I mean, it's, you know, it was you know, there's you know, you know, a spectrum of what people are willing to go through, or what, people, what, what motivates people. Yeah,
1: is important to them. So uh, I want to jump in because usually, like we we jump in and we name check the actors in this episode. Uh, 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 BB is played by an actor, uh, Sammy Chester. Uh, we had some audio difficulties a little bit earlier that we've edited out, so you didn't hear this. So we had we had some static coming in. Lamont, you want to know what BB's last acting credit was? <laughs> what? What BB's last acting credit is according to IMDb? Contact.
3: Oh, oh yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> contact.
1: Yeah, it was, it contact. was contact. Yeah. yeah uh so yeah the uh BB and Papa uh BB and Papa Ray and Lonnie they don't have a lot of uh a lot of acting credits uh the actor who played uh Papa D Ron Taylor he unfortunately passed away of a heart attack yeah in 2002
2: oh um, my god that's really close to um uh the other one uh Lonnie is it not oh right yeah um mm-hmm. The actor who played Lonnie. Who was the actor that played Lonnie?
0: Gregory Miller. Yeah, he died in February of 2003. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're okay. absolutely right. Yeah, they passed away. Yeah, I, I don't know how uh, Gregory Miller uh, died. It doesn't say. Um, but, yeah, good good, good catch on that. Wow. Um, and, yeah, it's interesting because he he didn't have a ton uh, of other credits, although he did play a uh, featured role in level Weapon 3, Tyrone, Okay, he was one of the... Um, um, uh, um, gang members who I think mm-hmm. ends up killing a friend of Danny Glover's character's son.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, I, I was is that kinda, the one Jet lee. or was that Lethal Weapon That's four. Four, yeah. four is the one with Jet lee. I
1: would be curious to know if Gary Miller, if he had had much of a stage career because in particular the scene that we're coming up on uh, the scene where he busts into the party and he breaks everything up and he kind of lays down what's going on and he's ready to fight. He gives such a fantastic theatrical performance in that scene. Yeah, uh, I was yeah. just wondering. I was just wondering what, what what he had done on stage. No, I think it's. I mean, it's, I think it's
0: more than possible, probably even likely. You know? Sure, yeah. Speaking of which, where, where, so
1: where are we? What happens next? Now, so here? so now we're cutting to uh, yeah, yeah, we're we just we just covered the first scene so far. <laughs> so Sam is going to drop uh, Susan off at home. At, at home, uh, it, it's important to note that there's a lot of stock footage mixed in with this episode. Which is, uh, if there's any episode where it's most appropriate, it's yeah. this, this episode. It feels very intentional, very deliberate, oh, and, right not, and not like in some episodes
0: you get the uh, notion that they're trying to make it matchup. Like, for instance, in uh, Disco Inferno, when he's you know, doing the sure. stunt, yeah. you know, with the earthquake stunt and everything, it's like, they, they want you to think that he's on that set, and it's yeah. like, okay, well, this yeah. isn't, you know, this is not real. But in this one, it, it yeah, it makes it feel very deliberate of saying, we're showing you what Watts was like in 1965. Yeah. You know, with a conscious... Or LA in general, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we get to meet, uh, we get to meet Captain Brewster. Yeah. Played <laughs> by none other than Mark Alemo and I have to uh, you know do some deep space 9 fanboy geeking out here uh, because Mark <laughs> Alemo would go on to play Dukat in Star Trek Deep Space 9 the finest iteration of all Star Treks uh, oh, bold claim and, <laughs> and Gold Ducat, of course would end up being um, kind of the the main villain you know thematically speaking for the show in fact it's so much so that by the in the in the series finale full spoilers here ahead he takes oh, on he's the, he's the literal like personification of evil that Ben Sisko played by Avery Brooks has to fight uh, um, okay. so it's uh, yeah and, and he's, he's brilliant in in Deep Space Nine he's very good here I mean mm. you know and he's such a unique looking guy and the thing is sure. he's got that long neck which is one of the reasons why they cast him as a Cardassian in uh, in Star Trek um, but yeah, he does. He does a remarkable job here. It's interesting. He's like a human Kardashian.
2: Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm. 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 I'm going to be the 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 of bad news. Is are you guys saying Kardashian?
1: No, 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 Kardashian? no, no. Car- Kardashian is a is a is a an alien, alien race. Alien. An yeah. alien race on throughout the throughout Star Trek. But yeah. yes, yes. But uh, it's spelled slightly differently. But yes, when when the Kardashians became popular, I was like, "Well, I remember when the Kardashians were the Kardashians." <laughs> and <they>
3: were,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, uh, so from this scene, um, it, it's very clear that, that Captain Brewster does not like Ray, does not want him coming around. Um, Hold the- on, a bit,
2: but but let's. I, I, I want to point out because I pointed out when I th- I, I remember to mark it out when I was when I was watching it again. He talks about, you know, like, hey, I tried to make it work. I, again, I don't think it, it – for me, it didn't feel like he didn't like him because he was black. It wasn't that he didn't like him because he was black. He didn't like him because what it meant that he was black, which is a little bit different. There's a, there's a difference between the two yeah because he, he talks about – he's like, you know, I tried to make it work, but I'm worried about – ultimately, he was worried about what that would mean for his daughter, what, yeah. what it would mean for him – for her to date and be involved with a black guy – during this time in Compton, you know, with Ray's brother being who he is, or and and with Malcolm X being in full force and all this other stuff, because he he says you know he, he tried to make it work and blah blah blah. So it feels it felt like yes, it was a problem that he was black, in general because it's 1965, of course, but like it was beyond that. Like if that was the only thing, he could have gotten over
0: it. Yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right, and I think it is fascinating because you do get the genuine sense that I, I, there are certainly characters that you feel we don't encounter we don't encounter anyone in this episode that is just a white person rather that is just out and out racist. Do right. you know like they they might do things that are you know racially motivated but compared to um so help me god which is you know prior episode and color of truth where we have like very racist characters in 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 this episode it's interesting because it while there's so much racism as it it hangs over uh so yeah. much of what happens throughout the episode and in particular the actual riots but we don't necessarily get to see or experience any of that and it honestly makes it even more powerful. Oh because, yeah, because in a way it's just sort of like nobody has to tell us that racism exists. Nobody has right. to tell right. us that like somebody's racist, you know. Well, it, I think yeah, <laughs> a,
1: a lot of the the issues uh, or episodes of Quantum Leap that deal with race, they do have the the mustache twirling. Yeah. over the top racist uh but in this episode, uh, Susan's dad is the closest that you come to it because, but he's the, he's the one, uh, other than Susan, he's the one white person in the episode where they, they, they have a significant amount of dialogue that, yeah. you know, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's
0: incredible to see just to touch on this real quick, that casting wise, which is unfortunately something that still does not happen often enough, um, in 1990 to have an episode where, you know, you really only have two white characters. Um, yeah. and again, it's, it's, it's odd because I'm, I'm taking Sam and Al out of the equation. Cause a, there are stars and sure. B Sam is left into a black man and Al is not actually present in that particular. So sure. It, the, the, the uh, majority of the cast, you know, are black actors um, yeah. Including, yeah. We'll, we'll, get to her, we'll get to her in a little bit, but including the incredible CCH Pounder. Sure. Um, yeah. Which is nice, yeah. because also when you look at So Help Me God, and when you look at Color of Truth, which are episodes that, again, were, had to deal with similar themes, it was a predominantly white cast with a couple of black characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know, I think that... The, 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 again, atmosphere of this episode. Uh, uh, again, from the from the, the casting to the script to 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 how hot it's supposed to be. I mean, there's so much yeah. tension. Right.
2: Um, yeah, like being in LA, it felt like you know, it, it felt like it was you know, as a black man, it felt like it was in. Normally, you watch a story and you feel like oh, as a black man, you're like, oh, I get what it's being like. Feel like you're in their world. As an episode, it doesn't really stand out. You're like, oh, I, I get, I know what that feeling's like when you walk into a store and you feel like, oh, I'm the the one black dude here and you and you kind of feel what that character feels like and like like you were saying so help me god know these other ones where it's like one black person in uh a majorly uh yeah a majorly white world mm-hmm. and this time it felt it felt like it felt like i was watching a white person being in a black world you know which is not something you normally get to see television, really uh, I mean, now, now, you know, with like black man, I mean, who knows, but like generally <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's generally like a black person dealing with a white world and what's that's like for them. Yeah. And like, yeah. And now it's the other way. Now it's, you kind of see it the other way around through this interesting lens of uh, people treating you like you're black, but he's really white. It was, it was a very well done uh, idea too. It's a, it, yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because looking back on color of truth, there are times when he does not get treated as Jesse Turner the the black man that he's leapt into like they they think there's something wrong with him oh, they're sure. like what's yeah. wrong with you grandpa Jesse you know there's all sorts of this stuff but in this episode there is not any of that in that that you you're right Lamont they treat him as a black man and it is really interesting and i think that you know given the opportunity to be able to ask Scott Bakula you know it's like how did this episode feel for you as a white actor? Like what, you know what I mean? Like what was this yeah. experience like for you? Cause I would imagine it would be a little bit different. One thing that I want to speak to about this scene where we get introduced to Captain Brewster as well, as we also get introduced to another character who we only see a couple of times, but mm-hmm. I feel like she's very,
1: very important mm-hmm. is uh, the Twice, maid. Yeah. yeah um, I, gonna, I don't know if her name is ever actually mentioned in the script on IMDB. It's credited as Maddie. That's okay. the character's name uh, played by Montrose Higgins. Um, she unfortunately she passed. Once. Yeah, yeah, she passed away in uh, 2012. Uh, died at the oh. age of 88. Um, but yeah, she has. I don't think she has any dialogue in the scene. But we are just introduced to her. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it, it's an interesting dynamic because here we have the
0: captain, you know, telling this young black med student that he can't date his daughter. Sure, you know, because he's not okay necessarily with what that might mean and then the next thing we see is the daughter being comforted by an older black woman Mm
2: -hmm.
0: who is overhearing the fact that the captain basically doesn't think that this young black man is good enough for his daughter yeah Mm -hmm.
2: yeah yeah it it was it was an interesting idea you know like especially when you're watching the episode you don't know who this man is you know you said they set it up where the, the car drives up and and ray uh, played by uh, Sam, as is, is, is you know giving Susan a goodbye kiss. The dad comes out in police uniform, and you're like, oh yeah, here it comes. You know, <laughs> and, you know ca- Captain comes out, and he's like, I thought, I thought you guys broke up. I thought, I thought you said this was over with. Da da da. Get yourself in the house. You won't, you won't be dating this guy under my room, under my house. She's like, oh, I'm gonna find. I'm gonna live with, with you know, with Ray, and. Scott back, he was like, "Ah, I put the brakes. Wait a minute. That's not such a good idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Let, let's let's talk about this for a little bit, and then you have a little bit of that, and then that little conflict, and they have a they work that out, and then she goes in the house, and before she goes in the house, she's like, you know, the only thing different, you know, which which is a, I think a very important thing, and she kind of says this as a line to him to remember because she knows the dad and Ray are gonna have a conversation when she leaves, It's the kind of thing for him to remember that the whole thing is like, hey, the only difference between you two is the color of your skin." And then she goes in the house and gets comforted by this black uh, maid or nanny or or, um, or uh, uh, housekeeper, way, housekeeper or something. Yeah. Uh, definitely in the in the in the costume of the help, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and she, but it seems like she's more of like a, a family member because the way that you know uh, Susan treats her and such, and, sure. you know, and and, and, and this lady's overhearing it all. And and I was hoping that we get a perspective of that of someone, you know, this this this. Maddie is her name, living in this household being a you know being a an active part of this family, and seeing how the captain treats someone that looks like her, you know, and that cares about someone else in this family as well and you do hear about it later on as you'll get to, but yeah, it was an interesting, lovely scene mm-hmm. and 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 which the captain was completely motivated in terms of like I'm worried about what'll happen when the people in your life decide that they you know that they want to hurt my daughter and you won't be able to stop them. What, what happens when that happens? Cause you're like, Oh, I would never hurt her. Sam says, Sam or Ray. Yeah. Can we call him Sam? Can we call him Sam Ray? Or, or, <laughs> or, 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 or race him? Uh, no. <laughs> We shouldn't call him race him, but <laughs> we probably shouldn't call him, race him. Ray, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where, where he's like, I would never hurt your daughter. And the dad's like, I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about everyone else. Yeah. And which is, which is like, you know, kind of sets up, the story of this, um, mm-hmm. the next scenes, the
1: next, you know, where we going? Sure. In the story. Sure. So next scene. Speaking of we are, we are in Watts. Same as pulling up in front of Ray's home. This is where we see Al for the first time in the episode. Uh, this is where we get the line that Lamont that you referenced earlier. Like I'm, I'm black again, um, <laughs> and, and and Al says I can I can see that, and and so we we kind of get uh, you know Al drops that you know. What's the line? You know, California is about as far to the left you can go without leaving the country, but you still run into a lot of racism and bigotry. And and this is where he drops that the, the riots are about to start. Sam thinks that you know uh, maybe that's a possibility. That that's why he's here to stop the riots. And and Al says that that they've already started. That they've already started. And so for so for historical note.
0: Um, Lamont, how familiar are you with, with the riots?
2: Uh, uh, until this episode, until until you even mentioned it, completely ignorant. Okay. Comple- completely. I mean, uh, I generally know about some of the riots, and only uh, some of the minor ones. You know, I, I talked about earlier about how we seem to riot every time the city wins a championship, which, you know, we... <laughs> We've been we've had a drought. I mean, the Kings. I mean, there's not enough hockey fans to really do any damage. But we we, we did some work when the Kings won, and uh, you know, and, and now and now I'm not necessarily a Lakers fan, but if the Lakers you know make it to the playoffs, I'm sure we're going to destroy everything because it's been so long, you know. But like the, normally the riots in LA happen anytime they win a championship and they kind of destroy the city a little bit. But like I know that you know the, the the '90s riots,
3: yeah,
2: and the Rodney Kings and such. And but like these riots in Compton. I did, I did not know anything about, it. and like after the re after you know watching this episode, I look and there's so much information about it, so much, you know, and they were factual. Like it, it wasn't the the um, the the quantum didn't 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 kind of gloss over the details. No, they were they it did a very good job of like okay, painting the picture. You know, that uh, this is what happened. There's a lot of people. No nah, man, you can't stop it. Earlier, I was saying because you know Sam says I want to stop it, and say, and I was like. Uh, you can't stop it. Uh, you know this guy's already been arrested, and that's the inciting incident. Right. He's like, "Oh well, maybe I can you know stop him from getting arrested." He's like, "No, you have to go back and stop the first black guy getting beat by the cops. You have to you have to go back and stop you know the first time a child or you have to stop all first time someone didn't get a job because of the color of the skin." Yeah, and I, I didn't know Al before this episode, so it was a very interesting to hear him you know being so <laughs> woke. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're like, nah, man. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because Al is definitely not woke in other ways.
1: (laughs) It's interesting to note because, like, they they tend to use Al as a character. He's very flexible, like, from script to script, like, whatever he needs to be. Like, the last episode, you know, he was a very lecherous, peeping Tom womanizer in Miss Deep South. (laughs) Uh, Episodes that do have to deal with race, he does, you know, he is the woke one uh, to kind of inform you know, to bring a more realistic perspective to to Sam because Sam sometimes is, is like so over the top idealistic about things. Okay. Um, okay, and also because they they don't really touch on it in this episode, but Sam also has partial amnesia uh, from having from from time traveling, and so a lot of times Al is just there, like he is just like filling him in on historical details that Sam simply cannot remember. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. yes, in this episode, we we get woke Al. Yeah, and speaking of some of those historical details, uh, I, I, you know, I, I just want
0: because I think I know where you're going to start, one of the things that's interesting um, to preface what Dennis is going to say uh, is that you know, Los Angeles had basically gone from being a city that had a you know four percent black population to about fifteen percent within the span of about ten or fifteen years, um, and and it went from having about sixty thousand uh, African Americans living there to to you know like three hundred and fifty four hundred thousand in a small uh, amount of time. Unfortunately, the way that Los Angeles decided to deal with this is is by uh, segregating them. Um, and, and that, uh, created a lot of tension. And of course, most of the police officers who were policing these segregated areas were white and there were definite, um, you know, instances of police brutality, uh, and and it had been simmering for a while, but things kind of came to a head when,
1: yeah. uh, So, I mean, yeah, um, I was going to note like later on, like exactly like the, the, um, the incident that kicked it off, which I'll name drop, is that uh, uh, a young man, 21 years old, by the name of Marquette Fry, um, African American, uh, he was uh, pulled over for reckless driving. Uh, an argument escalated into a fight with the police. Um, his mom came to uh, her mom, uh, his mom came to intervene. Uh, she was a part of it, but by the within a few hours. False rumors had started to spread that they had hurt a pregnant woman, which Lonnie drops here in this upcoming scene that we're about to have, and that between that and and the simmering uh, tension over racial segregation, which Sam brought up, and all the things that you know that you know that Al just mentioned in the scene, it was just it was it was a powder keg that finally blew up. Yeah, and and
0: you know one of the things that uh, it was a forty six square mile. Uh, area of Los Angeles, and it was basically just transformed into, you know, a war zone for six days, um, and, you know, buildings were burned, um, people were injured, people were killed, 34 people died, uh, I, you know, over 1,000 people uh, were injured, there were, you know, 3,000 plus arrests out of it, um, the, I, there are numbers out there on property damage and that sort of thing. Sure. Um, so two quick things before we before we start jumping forward uh, that I do want to note is that again at the time that Deborah Pratt was writing this episode there had not been anything like this you know for the better part of those twenty five years I mean yes there had been riots you know in, in the sixties and, and later and stuff like that but there hadn't been anything quite of this nature this this big scale uh, and and she you know didn't want people to forget. Uh, The thing that is horribly ironic is that within two years of this episode airing, we would have another riot on scale with Watts when the Rodney King verdict uh, was announced in in 92. And then things, the tension would just, you know, continue on, um, you know, really through the OJ trial. Um, And then, of course, you, you know, you look at things even in our past, you know, for four years or so, uh, things yeah. have been happening, whether it's in Ferguson or Baltimore or, you know, a number of other, uh, cities. So, uh, California too.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I think we're, you know, we're fortunate that most of these things have been, um, fairly, you know, peaceful if, if not extremely tension filled. Um, but certainly nothing, you know, on the scale of this or, or the Rodney King riots, but, um, yeah, it, it, you know, contextually, the episode today speaks very loudly, um, you know, and, and I, I think that that's fascinating because in some ways I wonder if it almost speaks more loudly today than it did in 1990.
2: Absolutely. Uh, I I, I, I mean, I only have one side of viewing this because I, I didn't get to view it in 1990s. You, uh, Dennis said you, you viewed it live, you know, when it came on, but um, I mean, I viewed it now and it is still pretty dang powerful and relevant today you know uh um i'm like watching this episode even like even as it builds like you know 15 20 minutes in and you're you're sitting there you're like oh man how is this gonna work out how is this yeah and which, which is especially now like you think about those things those issues now when you you know when you when you hear about so many things in news and you're like oh man how is this gonna work out yeah you know it's 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 still the same feeling and 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 uh, and quantum does a great job of not 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 glossing over it. like they, they it, it kind of takes this head on and 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 and, and, and give us some realism like realistic, realistic life uh, I mean they, they have some dramatic moments where you're like ah oh, nobody <laughs> makes that decision but but for the sake of the story yeah yeah but yeah mm-hmm. yeah without a doubt
1: so uh, so yeah so Sam uh, pulls up he and I have this conversation and then we get one of these things that happens in some episodes in Quantum Leap that I don't care for where Sam starts talking about himself and the first person in relation to the person that he's leaped into and his relationship. Oftentimes it's a relationship with another woman and we get this, like, like you're talking about Ray, right? You're not talking about you and Susan. You're talking about Ray and Susan. You know this exchange I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yes. Yeah and, yeah. Just, yeah, and I'm just kind of like, uh, <laughs> I hate when they go down this road. Uh, well, I think the the thing that makes it
0: odd is that there is a moment where Al's reaction to it almost makes it seem like nailed Sam's it. falling for her. Nailed it, and that that
1: that that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. That it's it's like it's like no, right? Yeah, we don't need that. We don't need that. Like, <laughs> but there's an episode that does not need a romantic subplot. Right. <laughs>
0: We <laughs> this is the one. Right. We don't need it. We don't get comic
2: relief al. We, no. we don't
0: need a romantic subplot. Like it's like we we yeah, this
2: is this, we, this we, is on its own. Yeah. We know? don't, but it but, but the re- it was strange. He was like you know, this guy has spent you know what I will tell you why because I think it's important. It was strange that he spent he he spent a total of forty five minutes with this lady at this point in the story. Forty five minutes total and and two and a half kisses, and suddenly, you know, he's <laughs> like ah and, and the, now this guy that knows him really well is like, oh yeah, oh yeah, you're in, you're in over your heels, aren't you? You're gonna propose tomorrow. I'm like no, I'm like how does that work out? Even in yeah. movies, that's still too quick. Right. But <laughs> I, I think, the, I think why that's important. I think maybe why they put that in is because to show how much because and even Sam says it in the in the in the show. He's like, dude, she loves me so much mm-hmm. that it makes me feel like. I'm part of this, too. Like, he, he like how much she loves him, which is kind of important to, to show that it could, we may for a second believe Lonnie when he says, oh, she, you're just a trophy to her. You're just sure. something to, you know, to, 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 to kind of to show off to her friends. And, like, it's important, I think, that, that when he's like, no, she loves me so much that I feel like I'm involved with this. this she would never leave. I'm, she so love me, blah, blah, blah. And then he felt it himself. She brought that out of him, and he'd only been around her 45 minutes. So imagine what Ray must feel like and and I think that's I think that was important for I think that was one of other ways of showing that she he's not a trophy to her she really does care about him in a way that makes her make silly decisions. Yeah, so
1: I, I think I think that's a great point. but yeah, I'm, but, but the counterpoint I'm going to bring to that is I don't <laughs> think the actor who plays Susan, uh, Corey Henningberger, and it looks like uh, yeah, it looks like she stopped acting at least according to IMDb like in the early 2000s. I don't think she brings that. I don't get that sense off of her. Like if I have to take a side between truly loves Ray or looks at him more for a trophy, I'm leaning more towards kind of looks at Ray more as a trophy. You know, I it's interesting because
0: I can understand where that comes from, and I don't completely disagree. I'm not sold, but I think the thing is I'm not sold either way, because part of me also thinks that there's a certain effortless comfortability that she has around him. She seems very unfiltered around him, and you're only like that around people that you are not only comfortable with, but hugely love, you know, and it doesn't always have to be romantic love. It can be like a friendship love or something like that. And it doesn't always take a lot of time, you know, or you don't even have to be around somebody a lot or whatever. I mean, I, hell, I even think I could say this about Lamont. It's like, he and I might go months without seeing one another, but you know, we get in the same room, you know, or, or on Google Hangouts. And (laughs) 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 And, and I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty unfiltered around him. It was just like MySpace 10 years ago. And there's, <laughs> whatever happened to tom um, yeah. But, yeah. but but, yeah. I, but I, so so i guess for me is that yeah i think that your point is valid and i'm not willing to necessarily say either either or at this mm-hmm. particular point in time but i do think that there's enough for me to buy that she does love him based off of the way that they're when they are around one another she seems very unfiltered she seems very much not necessarily always relaxed, but certainly, sure. you know, willing to kind of, like, give as good as she gets, willing to just, you know, say whatever's yeah. on her mind. You know, she does feel very liberated in a lot of ways. Even, you know, even for a woman living in 1965, there's definitely something about her that's like, I know what I want. I'm going to tell you exactly how I'm going to get it, and I'm going to tell you what I think you should do about it, too. You know, and, and, and so it, she's she's not perfect and I totally agree, but, mm-hmm. but, but I, but I, just to offer the counterpoint. There sure. were instances yeah. where I thought, eh, okay, you know, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And she's, she's, she's a little bit, she's not like a, um, she's for the most part, pretty strong. And I, normally when someone says strong and I can talk about a female or a woman <laughs> and, and, and I, or and a, and a character yeah. the point of view that you immediately think to like wonder woman, you're like, Oh, she's strong and she kicks ass, you know, in reality, no, this, this lady, Decided to make her 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 her, her, oh we're skipping ahead. She decides to do a lot of things to put herself in danger, mortal danger, not just general danger. To just to be around this guy during this tough moments. She also um, uh, no no, and you know uh, she she gets as you mentioned earlier, like the first five seconds of the TV show. She gets roughed up a little bit. Yeah, and 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 it doesn't seem like it's the first time. Just for being around him, and I know maybe she's a mask if she just loves that, you know, that listening. But she's, she goes through well. She goes through a lot to be in his presence.
0: Yeah. Now she yeah. does. She does have a moment later on that we'll get to that. I do that. That does is a little troubling, you know. And I think yeah. Dennis will, will will be happy about that moment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not happy, but, but, not happy, but we're happy, looking but at yeah. each
0: other across the table like, yes, yes, I know that moment. So so anyway, but, um, oh yeah, God, sorry, and,
2: and she also, but she also does kind of want him to to leave which yes is, which which is which is which does lend lend itself to Dennis's line of thinking that she's also like you know you can't be great unless you're out of you know unless you leave like uh, unless you leave watch but if you think about it let's go from watch to Boston right because that, that's where he, he may be able to go to continue being a doctor that's the option of let's going from a hugely black dominant area to a the most white Irish area outside of <laughs> Dublin, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, no, it, there is a little, there is a little bit of like, okay, you know, uh, I, 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 I get it. You're comfortable here, but I would be more comfortable, and you could be your best self if you were around people like me, you know, like, like it does have that feel.
0: Sure. No, that's a really great point. And I think it does reinforce sort of what I was talking about earlier about the script and, and, and the way that we've got these multi-layered conflicts and it's not necessarily all about what somebody wants from someone else, but it's also about what they want for the other person. I mean, you look at, you look at like kind of our, our big four characters here, Sam, Captain Brewster, Susan, and Lonnie, and just think about what each of them not only wants from the other, but what they want the other person to do, mm-hmm. you know, and right. how it's in direct conflict with what the other person wants. And, 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 and again, I think that just points to a really, really strong, well-written script. Mm-hmm. Um, so now oh, Al has...
1: Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, so uh, Al moves along, he just kind of fades out of the scene. Like, yeah. Oh, he's interrupted by uh, Papa D. Yeah, coming out. Time to party. Time to party. I love, <laughs> I love that he calls Ray Doctor Moving Doodoo. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. He, he says if your MBA or your MDA will stand for Moving Doodoo. Where's the A? Like, where? Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Sure.
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, like, but they. Yeah. We uh, we get into the party. We're introduced to Cherry, who is very. Interested, yes, uh, very interested. Right there's a there's a great moment that I that I jotted down. Like as they are dancing, there are two extras that dance into the frame in front of, of Scott Macula and the actor who plays Cherry. Yeah, and it's so it's like they're not so much dancing as they are just like in dancing poses just. Walking across the screen. It was just like very clear, like they were given the direction of just like, all right, move across the screen like you're dancing. And it's That's, kind of awkward. You know, let's just take a quick second, too,
0: to mention the music. Uh, I mean, this is another one of those episodes that kind of hits it out of the park as far as music goes. Um, and I'm pretty sure, according to Matt's book, um, that we are extra grateful for the Blu rays because on the DVDs, not all of these songs made it. So, yeah. Lamont, real quick, just to fill you in on that, uh, when the DVDs were originally released, for Quantum Leap, because of music rights, they cut a lot of the songs out of the
1: episodes, including so some crucial, yeah, it was uh, really like, like 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 public like, domain house music, yeah. Oh
2: that that kind
1: that kind of sounds like what it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh my god! Yeah, that would it's, be terrible. So, I, watching the episode, I'm singing along to the songs. Yeah. Yeah. If we get elevator music that sounds somewhat 1965 black, oh man, that'd be the worst. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, it's
1: pretty it's pretty horrid. I'm, I'm glad to say it's uh, uh I watched it the first time last week because originally we had planned to record this episode last week, but yeah. we had scheduling issues, so we're, we're recording uh, a week later. So I watched it last week on the Blu-ray. Music's there. I watched it this morning to refresh myself on Hulu. Mm-hmm. It's Amazing. there on the, It's yeah. there on Hulu as well. Nice, yeah. nice. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, so we get, uh, you know, so basically Cherry wants some array, you know. Yeah. Uh, we have some awkward dialogue. like you I called Dr. Strangelove at one point or is that somebody does else? call him
2: Dr. Strangelove. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Uh. <laughs> you know,
1: it was pretty early in the morning for
0: me,
2: but I immediately got a little, I was like, oh. Oh,
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then calling, uh, at, at this point,
2: really? oh, yeah. yes.
1: so we get some awkward dialogue where Sam, where we get some like uh, textbook classic clumsy Sam of just like, well, Susan really nice, we just met her, blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, but this is when Lonnie busts in, and this is when the, the like the events of the episode really kick off. The riots are starting. Yeah. So everybody, you know, there's there's some fighting about you know you know what to do. Uh, Sam tries to stop it it doesn't happen everybody rushes out of the party um, well, just, went, go ahead well, I just wanted to real quick what's great about this scene too is not only
0: Lonnie's you know moment like you said earlier his monologue or whatever yeah but it, how invested all of the party goers look because this could have easily just been a scene between Lonnie and Sam do you know what I mean? Sure. When yeah. the, and the others are just window dressing. But you watch some of those background members there, and they are, like, they have their opinions about what happened. And it's great because as the episode goes on, you get, the, you know, it's so easy to paint a picture and say, Watts riots, and think, like, everybody was in on it. But that was yeah. not the case. You know, there are plenty yeah. of people that stayed at home. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And yeah. so, and so, You're
2: you, like, I'm good. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> and so, you see people kind of in that room as Lonnie's telling them what went down, making up their minds. And mm-hmm. some are pissed off and some are scared and some are. And I just really appreciated the fact that we got that as opposed to. Just window dressing. Yeah, yeah. You know, that is a great it, point. It goes
2: back we were talking about earlier about the you know the, the the spectrum of black men or spec- the spectrum of black people, and mm-hmm. the show in the beginning was just a spectrum of black men because only those those four black men. But eventually, you'll see in the episode the spectrum of black people yeah. in terms of where they lie on the the um, uh, you know what has racism done to me you know, line, you know, mm. what, what kind of, what, what has it made me become? And you have that, the same thing with the, the the white characters in there. Cause with Susan's dad being a cop, I imagine a lot of the things that have made him who he is is because of his reaction to, or his, you know, being around black people and, and their reaction to him. Yeah. And so, and so, and, and, and what, and you know, his job. And so, and, and same with Susan. And so, but anyway, like during that party, you have, you know, he comes in He gives this, this speech That like, even I'm like Let's go Let's, you know Like, you know Like, in my old age When I was younger I would have been like No, I'm good There's a girl here Like, we were dancing Listen, these I'll go root I'll go loot in the morning <laughs> I'll
1: post you know, a couple at,
0: tweets moment, thinking, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'll names share names? it with my followers But, <laughs> yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Like, But
2: like, you know But you have this And you have, you know Papa D You know Like, it's like uh, man, you have Sam, let's start, you have Sam, like, you know, we should all just stay in, it's safer that way, guys, this, we don't have to do this, let's stay in and keep it safe, you know, and then you have, you have Lonnie, no, and, then you, and, and, and you actually, you have BB a little bit above it all, yeah. he's on the other end of the spectrum, like, no, we gotta go out there and take back our city, you know, and then you have Lonnie, like, he, and Lonnie didn't, his, his words isn't even, we need to go out there and take back our city, his, his, his words are more like, I'm angry, are you angry? Is this a problem for you guys? BB is the one that offers the solution of let's go out there and fix this. Let's go do this. And and Papa D is also there, like okay, guys, wait a minute. Maybe Sam has a point. It, you know, and, and you know he's kind of challenged a bit, saying you know are you are you are you not angry? And Papa D's like, no, I'm angry. But people, it, it's it's a lot more danger for every other people if we go out there. Escalating, you know. I mean, it's a was it was a very good job of showing that not everyone's immediately like, damn it, let's go out there and you know fight cops. Some people are like, no, that doesn't sound like a smart decision. Like that's (laughs) uh, some a lot of some of them were like, oh yeah, let's go out and do it. I want to get you know uh, you know like you have a bit of a mob mentality going on, but there's some people there that, as Sam said earlier, had completely different motivations. As uh, if I'm being honest, you know, even I would be. You know, if I if I'm at a party, I've been drinking having a good time and someone comes in and says, Oh, you know, they're, they're, they're rioting 10 miles away. You know, I got a girl f- two feet away. Let's <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> and, yes.
2: <laughs> and, 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 and then, and then let's go, you know, like, you know, let's go teach these cops, uh, you know, teach these, you know, the world that we, we mean business and let's take back our streets. It's like, it's a, they, they had a very good job of showing, you know what I mean? Cause listen, I was even I was riled up I was angry and I was you know motivated to sure but that's me older you know I mean me older you know married man all that madness but like (laughs) I would have thought twice about it I would have I would have definitely second guessed and needed a a bigger a, a, a little bit of push you know to go out and participate
0: You know, let me ask you a quick question. Um, I hope you don't mind me asking this or or, or revealing this, but you you mentioned that you're a married man. Um, Courtney's white. Mm -hmm. Did you guys? Courtney's my wife. Courtney's my wife. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys? Did you guys ever encounter anything? I I, I mean, I I like to believe that the world is a much different and better place, but you know, (laughs) we we know differently. Uh, I mean, did you guys ever encounter anything similar to like Ray and Susan at all?
2: Um yes, but not obviously we didn't have a riot I mean I grew up, I grew up in Indiana so there's there's not a lot of riots I mean we did have the ethanol corn you know what I'm saying festival <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know which was a crazy time for everybody involved um you know but uh, there I mean there was a lot of um you know there was a lot of, Oh, this is new. I mean, because you know, I mean, I grew, I grew up grew up in the '90s, '80s. So, and, and she's we're high school sweethearts. Yeah, my wife and I. So, like, a, in high school, ruled in very different circles. And then, and then my and I and I have an older brother, of course, who also wants to look out for me. He's also like, yo, like his friends are also like, man, you, you, you don't need to be. You can be doing this. You can be dating someone else. And even uh, we we will see later on. We see Ray's mom's reaction yeah. to Susan. And my mother's reaction was very much the same. Okay, like very, very much to so the same. Uh, in terms of even me, you know, like I live in Los Angeles now, and I'm from Indiana, so the, the reaction of me leaving, you know, or wanting to leave the state or where I'm from, you know, yeah, and and and, and all, you know, also the the you know they. Um, yeah, so, like, we, we we dealt with a little bit of the the tension, either from both our parents, just, you know, because they have no idea, they, they have no concept, they have no idea how to react. My mom was born in 1960, See you know what I mean? So, yeah. she grew, she was five years old, you know, in 1965, growing up, yeah, I mean, I think she told me once where she had, like, a cross burned in her front yard, and this is in northern Indiana, this isn't in the south, this is Indiana, like, where are the only yeah. thing more the only thing closer to Canada than us is Michigan. And and so, you know, like that, that, you know, this is like, it's almost as North as you can get. And so she still has these sort of aspects. So like, we still have those, you know, uh, boundaries. We still have those boundaries and every once in a while, you still have them a little bit too. Um, just older people that, you know, that don't have any context. They're just like, okay, cool. This is what I grew up. This is all I know. So it's strange to see it otherwise. But we, I didn't have it that bad. I didn't have it that bad. There, there are people that had it worse. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty, I'm pretty hard to dislike guy. So like the most fact. Most people in the beginning that they, they may see me and they're like oh blah blah and then they talk to me and they I sound like this and they you know I'm, I'm handsome AF and you know all that <laughs> so like
0: and humble too, which is the most yeah. important thing really. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard not to get over this real quick. Yeah. It's all right. You're a good looking man. You know that. Yeah. Um, but but,
2: I did watch the show with my wife.
0: Oh, and, she's OK. Uh, great. That's great. What did she think?
2: Um. So like she, she I mean, she, but it's different because she's 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 watching on the context of she's a a white woman married to a black man in 2018. You know, um, she 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 never had the my brother never would have roughed her up, you know, wow, or anything like that. Right. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. So, I mean, so she had. I mean, she, a lot of times she was like, "Why is she doing that?" Da da da. And so I think it still resonated with her because she was also like, "Oh." And there's some moments where she was like, "Where I think it was very similar to like maybe conversations that she may have had with her parents that I, you know I wasn't privy to, mm. I, mean, I didn't have you know access to, sure. or maybe conversations that she thinks that I had with my with my mom, yeah, you know, and my brother. And so and so she she it it definitely resonated with her and she and it definitely gave her. Um, you know, because there, there is a there is, as a white woman, oh, weird, I'm going to give this perspective. But this, <laughs> you know, as a white woman, she has a, she also has you know plenty to deal with from white, from other white women, but also from black women and black guys mm. and black, especially my mom. The the idea of like you know, a white woman dating and taking one of the good black men mm. of the area, which is which I think is colored a little bit like with Lonnie's well, idea. She's like the you're you're a black. You're going to be a damn doctor, and you letting this. And you instead of giving back to your people, you want to leave, or you're thinking about leaving with this white woman. Yeah, you know, what I mean, and it 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 almost feels like Lonnie thinks she's stealing from his people. Mm. You know, stealing, which which which, uh, as a black man, you get that also. You know, from people thinking like, oh I man, you you're you're doing great things. You're being this. You're becoming this, and you couldn't give that back to your own people. Uh, and, 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 and then, and that's one thing you like, you look like you gave it away to one thing, but as a white woman, you look as a theft, you look as a thief, as a, as a, as a, you know, uh, uh, you know, someone that's coming into an area and when something good happens, you, you pluck that flower. Yeah. You know, instead of letting it bloom and be groove in the garden that it is, you've taken that flower out and going and putting it in a vase in your damn home where no one else can see it, but you, no one else can appreciate it's be, uh, dang, been it's, it's got deep for a second. I mean, to. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Wonderful. Thank <laughs> you so <laughs> yeah, much.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's great. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I, it's one of the things that, you know, anytime we have guests on, uh, I'm always so appreciative of their perspectives, but especially to have a guest who I, I think has a perspective that's unique to this specific episode. Uh, yeah. you know, so, so we're grateful for that, for that perspective. Um, yeah. so now, now obviously the, the, riots have kicked off basically for mm-hmm. lack of a better
1: term yeah uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and uh, Sam and we're off ice. to the races other <laughs> other inappropriate metaphors may apply yeah uh, so so yeah so Sam runs into Al on the street because Sam is like trying to tell everybody to get back into your home and everything and, and and so Al says you know there's nothing you can do and he says like it's not your fault there's nothing you can do yeah And then he throws out, there's a possibility he's there to keep uh, Susan and Ray together, but there's also a 32% chance that Susan could die in the next 48 hours. This is when Susan pulls up with uh, Maddie, the the housekeeper who we met earlier. Um, uh, uh, Maddie has the line as she is driving away that... uh, um, white people crazy. Well yeah, white yeah, white well, yeah, white people crazy basically uh, and drives off and Susan has the line that she felt like uh, Maddie just really learned for the first time today who who Susan's dad was. Yeah. She, said and, she quit. Yeah, she said she like she and quit. And she, she quit, yeah. She just, yeah. And, and, and and this this is one of the things that that bugs me about Susan and the way Susan is written is when Sam tells her you shouldn't be here it's not safe, she immediately jumps to you don't love me, do you? That's what bugs me about the way she's read.
0: No, I agree, and it's and it's coming up, and I'm just going to go ahead and talk about it now because we, we've already touched on it. But in the when they're in the clinic, and she gets pushed away basically because when the mother brings her son in to get seen by by Sam, um, she doesn't want a white woman helping, and Sam is basically of a mind that I don't at this point I don't care. I need to help this kid get out you know and and she takes that so personally and so i think that you're right she does take these things very personally in a way that makes you kind of question why she wants what she wants sure in in a way um she's not very circumspect in that way very
2: not like she, she's she uh, you would think that she would be very able to like not necessarily just empathize but also see something from someone else's perspective and she and, and she's very much so like, oh, everything's gonna be okay because I'm a good person yeah and, and, and you would think that it, at some point in time in her character arc or lifestyle she'd realize that no one that that no one's seeing that she's a good person as a first you know as a first thing mm-hmm. they, they, yeah. like you know no one's like, oh, she looks like a good person. No, they see she looks like the people that have done this to me. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she can't seem to grasp the fact that people are going to have a reaction to her she, uh, it comes up several other times in the episode where, where people are like oh she's or, especially when she's talking to her dad early she's like oh listen no I've been working in I've been working as like a volunteer for the past three months everything's going to be okay everyone understands that I'm a good person and everyone keeps saying it in the episode I think it happens three times in the episode where people are like yes you have and that's great But no one's going to care. No one, because no one's going to see that. No one. No one's going to remember that now. Right. Which I think they touch on that. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of a part of the episode, either that just because she, in her eyes, doesn't see color, doesn't mean no one else does. You know, sure. it's It's not. Yeah, just because she's colorblind doesn't make anybody else. You know.
0: Yeah, you know that's a really great point. It does. I think that maybe part of what it is is that she comes off a little selfish and I, and and I think that that's okay because she's a young, she's a young girl. You know what I mean? Sure. So I get like, again, I totally see your, your point and I'm not dismissing it at all. Dennis, that it, it is a little hard to swallow that maybe she's completely in love with this guy or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it, there's enough, I guess, that I'm willing to not give her a total pass, but I'm willing I, to maybe look beyond it a little.
3: I to, don't know. To,
1: to take back what I said to, to what I said earlier, <laughs> is that I, I don't think she, rethinking it, I don't think she looks as great as a trophy, mm-hmm. as, as, as what Lonnie throws out, but it does bug me the way her character is written, is that when Sam does anything looking out for her safety, she immediately escalates to, you don't love me, you don't want to be with me. Sure. And it's what everything that Lamont just touched on. It's like just not understanding how she is seen by this community, and and this idea that she thinks just because she's been working with the with the community, it's almost this uh, almost this kind of narcissism of just like totally uh, of of, I've been working in the community, like like they know me, like I'm 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 the good white person, right? And I'm there, yeah. And it's like they just she just (laughs) (laughs) expects exactly. I'm sorry, Lamont, what'd you say?
2: I was like, you know, it's the idea that I have a black friend You know, like, you know, the preface right before you say something Racist Or you do something, you know, that you're not allowed to do but Like, I have a black friend, so I can say this I'm qualified, you know, to be here and That's a lot of what she does She's like, I've been working in the community Which means that I get a pass You know yeah. But yeah, and, and, and you're right, it's very, it's very naive It's very, like Trumped up importance and I'm not saying she's wrong, in reality She's not like, like she she has done she has done a lot for the community, and 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 and, she, and, I, and I'm sure they are grateful to a point, but a lot, when people like the people's blood is up, everyone's rage is up. It's hard for them to to see beyond. You know, yes, I remember that when this to to have you uh, to to quote something else. Have you seen um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall?
1: Yeah. I am not
2: okay. What <laughs> I, 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 I have
1: not seen forgetting Sarah Marshall.
2: Yeah. Um, so there's a part in the there's a part in the movie where you know he's been ju- sitting with this waiter. The whole like for the first half of the movie, and this waiter brings him extra drinks, and he and they and they have like these good conversations. They talk, and he's like, you know, they he's like, I brought you uh, champagne for your mimosa, and they and they it, it, they have this like good vibe going on, and 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 so then later on in the movie, they he sees this waiter outside outside of work obviously at, at like a luau and this waiter's completely different person and um, you know uh, and, and they have a completely different reaction and it's it's to it's to comedic effect but it's also true and it also works here that you know she when she's at work volunteering at this place where they need to go for help um and she's you know they need to go there she, she's seen as like okay cool like a almost makes it feel like she was a necessary evil they're like okay cool i guess in order to get help i have to deal with mm. like, white people and and she misinterprets that as though know, she's one of those people that think strippers like her or like or that, that <laughs> or that you know that that you know that uh, surface and everything like that actually you know are friends I yeah. to see them right and I, sure and it comes it comes off of that feeling you're like well they you're volunteering at a place where they have to go anyway so they <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. They don't think you actually like them. They they, they think you are just you know uh, a hired employee that's you know that's told to be nice to them. And so like it's it's yeah yeah
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Maybe I'm getting darker. Maybe maybe I'm a little cynical. Or no 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 no. That's no really it's 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 totally, it's, yeah. It's, it's all, yeah yeah. It's totally we, relevant. We go, we
1: go all over the place here. Uh, so we cut to uh, I think it's just like a little bit later that evening. They're yep. watching things unfold on the news. Sam and Susan have this this argument about you know mm-hmm. where where do they go from here? And this is when Ray's mom, Mama Harper, ma- yeah, Mama Hop- Mama Mama Harper, try that again. Mama Harper comes home. Uh, she has been roughed up. Uh, she talked about like she was on a bus. The rioters started rocking the bus and and she, you know, she didn't know how she got off the bus she wasn't even sure how she got home she felt like she was about to get killed and Mama Harper is played by CCH Pounder yeah, the always awesome CCH Pounder I'm a
0: big fan of hers mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I really enjoyed the show The Shield and I always thought that her role in particular in The Shield she was she's probably literally the only good person in the entire
1: show Sure. Like, <laughs> now, now, did, uh, Lamont, did you ever watch The Shield? No, no. Okay. I, so, on Sam, table. so, so Sam, I don't, so Sam, I don't know if you know this or not, but the role that she played on the Shield yeah. was originally written for a man. Yes, I did know that. And she and she had her agent call the producers up and basically be like, "Why can't this be a woman?" Yeah. And then after she got the role, she said, "Don't write this role any differently." Yeah. Don't don't tone her down. Don't soften her up. That
0: show to me, that show is just so fascinating for so many reasons because, like, um, Michael Chiklis wasn't the first choice for Vic Mackey. Like, he had uh-huh. to he had to fight for that role. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, hardcore, yeah. Uh, um, the um, oh gosh, the, uh, Acevedo, uh, mm-hmm. the, yeah. Like, he was not their first choice either. Like, I mean, so much of that show could have been completely different and probably not for the better had sure. they had they like gone with their first, first choices, choices yeah. or you know had people not necessarily fought for their roles or whatever. But, um, yeah, she's just, she's just great and, and has continued to be great. And, you know, anything that she's done, uh, she currently, uh, funny enough, stars with Scott Bakula in NCIS yes. New Orleans. Yes. Um, Oh
3: my goodness. Yeah.
0: So here we are like almost 30 years later and they're working together again. But, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, so yeah, so now we cut to, uh, the next, uh, morning and there's more conversation, uh, I think Sam, you know, Sam wakes up like he slept through till mid morning. She says, and uh, uh, Mama Harper says that that she couldn't wake Sam up. Um, but then they they get into a discussion about, you know, where is Ray going to go? And it's clear that Mama wants Ray to to, to stay in Watts, yeah. and, and and take care and take care of his own people and be a a, a powerful influence on his own people. And this conversation gets interrupted by. Susan walking into the room, and, it, and it's just the reaction that Mama has. Like she knows that. Yeah, she she she, feel, she, she feels like she is she is losing Ray to to Susan. Like yeah, she, it, she she sees
2: She doesn't even make it seem like she's she she fully believes not going to go. Like because as a like a, a minor conflict in the show is the idea of whether at the end of this Ray will move to this other place and become a doctor there or Ray will stay and be a doctor in LA. And she fully, fully believes she's like, you're not going to go, you're not going to go. And I don't know whether she's talking herself up or just explaining it to him. And, and, but she says, unless she makes you and like, like very much. So the only reason you would go is because of her, not because of your desire to go, anything like that she's very yeah. much so there's yeah there's um
0: there there's some great lines here and i don't know if it's exactly in this scene i think i think it is is where you know susan says uh you know i love ray i want to i don't want to see him lose his chance to be someone great and you know mama harper says he can be great right here and susan responds with no he can't he can do good here but he can't be great to which sam says maybe sometimes doing good is more important. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and, yeah. and I you know it's it's really interesting because you see Sam sort of vacillating between staying and leaving, you know, kind of making Ray's mind up for him yeah. um, but, but uh, it's it's a yeah, it's a really I don't know it's a really cool moment and, and then Mama Harper also has that beautiful line about um not being able to get away from the hate yeah yes. um, a side yeah. note um I mean I,
2: of course I've never watched any of the episodes so and so these are always like. From what I gather, these are always sliced alive. So you never see uh, uh, the continuation or uh, of the characters that Ray jumps into afterward right
0: right very rarely yeah. the, the, the only the only thing that you really get is that at the end of most episodes by this point in the series is that Al will usually let Sam know right before he leaps out you know oh so and so goes on to do this and this, and they have three kids, or you know stuff like that yeah. um, but that's that 's it they're, they're right. very rarely uh, any like sequels
2: so so um, so two things i guess so so generally. Uh, you just assume that uh, the person with the assumption, if, if he jumped into my body, the assumption is that I would wake up, or well, I would be me again once he left, and it was still me doing all those things that I remember me doing them under my own volition. Like you, it's not It's not the idea that I woke up and I was like, I was... So, guys, someone took over my body. None of you guys cared. This is like, uh, like this isn't like, like I mean, I guess that, that's some questions they would have to answer if they decided to check back in. So I guess that's why they never <laughs> do that,
1: right? For like, sure. So, so in short, uh, and, and apologies to listeners, we've had a lot of first-time uh, sure. first-timers on, so we've explained this a lot. So when Sam leaps into someone, that person leaps into the future to Project Quantum Leap. They basically trade places. Yeah. So basically, they, they are hanging out in what they call the waiting room. And they are – their memory is uh, is Swiss cheese just like Sam's is. And so basically they're just sitting there like waiting to hang out and, and come back. And then when they leap back in, it's never like fully explained. Uh, like, But but it's kind of like the idea, like, yeah, like maybe their memory's a little fuzzy and they just lost a few days. Yeah. You know, it's funny right. because one thing we've never brought up
0: before in the context of this conversation that just popped into my head there's an episode called Double Identity where Sam has leapt into uh, this um, young bobster slash hitman. And towards the end of the episode, due to uh, they're, they're trying to. Uh, pull him back into the future so he can come back to his home time and place there's he he actually leaps into the mob boss who is having a fight with the hitman and it's interesting because when that happens like the hitman doesn't really act like he's unaware of what's going on like he's a little confused but he's not so confused as in like you'll never believe where I just was. No, no, no. You right.
1: know? Well, because, like, he, he leaps pretty much back into the same room where he was when Oh, he right, so down. he thinks that he's, so, yeah, so, so so he, he just is, thinks that... Yeah, so he feels like he's just, he thinks it's, like, the day before. Right, as opposed to being, oh, that's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. Oh, well, there goes my
0: theory. Shut no, no, the hell. Anyway, anyway. Uh, so back to black on white on fire. Yes, yeah, so
1: back, <laughs> back to that. Uh, so, and so yeah, and we get a lot of dialogue in the scene of talking about, like, no matter where you go, when you, when you have children... They're they're never gonna you know they're never gonna see you as 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 anything but other than you know half white half black no matter where you go you know to your point like you're always gonna face hate. Sam has this. Sam borders on being just as a little bit naive as Susan and just talking about well we're going to teach him to be human. They'll be human. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which is a, which is a great idea, but yeah yeah. Right. Some, sometimes. Sam comes at things a little well, bit
0: rose-colored, and Mama glasses, Harper's too. response though is is like, of course they're going to be human. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about race. Yeah, and then Sam's response again, that idealistic sort of like, maybe if we teach our kids to say that they're human instead of black or white or red or yellow, maybe race won't matter. And. I would love that to be true, but I just think, I just think that again, in the world in which we live today, we know that, sure. that that's not the case. Sure. That so, it's not. So which,
2: which brings up, what brings the question is, is, is Sam's, Sam's from the future? Is yes. he from our future? He's As from it, like, about six, period,
1: he's from about six years ahead of us. Well.
2: So wait, is that, like, is racism, have, have they ever established what's. Active for him in the future I mean cause you see Al wearing like colorful Vests and, and holding this like Colored Tamagotchi thing But like like you know is it Is it is it established that In his future racism isn't a thing
0: No it is not or, It is not ever established it's not ever addressed Really
2: Cause because I, from from a certain point where he's Like I'll teach him to be people like in my head I'm, If it's coming from now I'm like oh that's naive and stupid and you should know better Because you're coming from but like it, in a way when I was watching it and I haven't watched the other episodes. So maybe that's why, but as I'm watching it, I get the feeling that like, he's like, no, like, God, you, like almost like this isn't a problem later on guys. So mm. if we raise them to be, mm. you know, if we raise them to be people, it won't be a, but even though that's still wrong, because he's, he knows that this child born in 65 at best will be raised in the 85 and that's not the future where he's from. So no matter what, it's still wrong. He should still know that racism it's still going to be a thing while this child is growing up. Sure. Thinking about them as people is not, you know, an option.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a great idea, but it,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not, yeah. It, it, what I think we do get enough of a glimpse to know that it's not necessarily some sort of utopian future that he's from like Star Trek or sure. something, yeah. you know, sure. uh, it's cause it, 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 technically technically like 95, 96 is his future.
1: Um. So. Okay. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. 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 Uh. Um, So from. Uh. So from there, uh, Lonnie, Papa, and Bibi come in, mm -hmm. and uh, is it Bibi? Yeah, Bibi's arm is injured, and so Sam starts tending to it. And from this, like they have the conversation, like you know, Sam has the epiphany that they should be at the clinic if they can't stop the riots, they can at least be helping people who are being affected by the riots. Yes. And uh, so this great moment, like Susan has in line, like "How do we get in?" Only Doctor So and So has the key. And Papa D says, "The last thing you need and watch right now is, yeah. is a key." And we cut to some stock footage of a pharmacy window being busted out. Um, and then we get some intermixed with this. We, you know, we get a lot of. It's a mix of stock footage and it's a mix of footage. You can tell that they actually shot for yeah. the episode. And there is this one poor black woman in curlers in
2: curls every in curlers time.
1: they rough her up about three times in this episode they just reuse that footage over and over again <laughs> and in, my, in
2: my head i was like "Is that the same moment and i'm like is she just keep getting out and like getting right back in the thick of things <laughs> <laughs> you know you know you like uh, you know you, you hear about yeah. people that you know they get out and they immediately go and steal a car right. and, you know you're like oh man yeah
1: See, I was just I was just chalking it up, to, you know, to lazy reuses of footage. But no, like she's just getting back out to the thick of it, just yeah. over and over again. Yeah,
2: no, yeah. They, they,
1: the gels are getting fooled, so they're like, oh, we'll let this woman out, you know. And, and right, this like little lady in curlers, How much damage <laughs> could she possibly do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they, so now we are, you know. So now they're they're in the thick of it. They're they're treating people in the clinic, and we yeah. do have this moment that it just makes you want to groan. But you know, it's, I think it's one of those things. In Susan's defense, what you said, Sam, earlier is like when you are with someone you are completely comfortable, you can just say things that to any other person. You may sound like a horrible person. Right. But the people that you're talking to, like they, they know who you are and your good intentions. Where Sam yeah. checks in with Susan and says, hey, how are you doing? And she says, I haven't slept. I haven't ate. I feel like a doctor. Yeah. It feels great. Right, right, right. As like, ah, Yeah, yeah. But, 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 but it I, everything you said earlier. Right, because I think that there is something about the fact
0: that they're able to do good here, and mm-hmm. they're able to... Because that's the thing, is it's like, if you talk to a doctor, and we have a friend of ours who's a doctor, mm-hmm. you know, like, if we were to talk to him, and he said, nobody was sick, nobody nobody was hurt, nobody was injured, I just sat around all day, it would probably be a pretty boring day. Mm-hmm. Whereas if he was, like, you know, treating cases and traumas and like that sort of stuff like all day long it might be exhausting but he would feel like this is what i want to do with my life like sure. this is what- so in a way it's kind of like i get it but it does, it does, you are kind of like, there are people dying in the streets. Like, maybe now's I mean, not
3: time
1: to, like, just, celebrate the fact that you're a doctor. Just maybe, <laughs> just maybe uh, uh, tone that back a little bit. Yeah. What's uh, like, funny, I think, I think, Scott, we're talking, is Sam a doctor and he's a doctor? Um, he is a medical medicine? doctor yes. as well as a time traveling quantum physicist. He's got, like, seven doctorates. Yeah,
2: like, because I was going to ask, I was like, know whatever he, the other characters know when he jumps in their body. Like so, if, if he's a, like if he's a, if he, if he, I saw an episode in the opening. They're like he jumps through this football player's body. In my head, I'm like, does he know and have the skills of a football player? Because no. muscle memory's there, I guess technically. You know, right? But no, he does. not For
0: instance, in the very first episode, he leaps into a pilot and he can't fly.
2: Okay, okay, so that, yeah. that, okay, that, that, okay. That, that's ultimately. Cause in my head, I'm like, because seeing it, they said he's a doctor, but in my head, I thought he was like a physics doctor, and right. so I'm like you know he's like we need a split and all this other stuff and he's like I can sew this up and I'm like he's a physics doctor how does he what is he doing at a clinic that, like people sure people expect him to be at this clinic but he doesn't know what he's doing but now <laughs> uh, yeah you know
0: yeah no he does he has a yeah he has a medical degree so <gasps> okay okay, um, okay. So yeah, so they're 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 helping people, they're saving people. Uh, the scene we mentioned earlier: the woman comes in with her son; uh, he's bleeding really badly. She does not want Susan touching him or, or helping. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at this point, Sam doesn't care. He's just he's just needs to take care of the boy, and and you know, basically yeah. allows them to sort of disregard Susan. Then we get this scene, and this is the scene that I was talking about earlier that was problematic for me with Susan for okay. a number of reasons. And I'm going to actually go ahead and just read the lines. Okay. Susan, you helped a lot of people today who appreciated it. Did they, Ray? That's not what I saw in their eyes. I saw anger and hatred. They tolerated me only because they were hurting and needed help. That's not true. How would you know? You're one of them. You're tired or you wouldn't be talking like this. Maybe that's when the truth comes out. I can't go through life fighting people who hate me for the color of my skin. I think that's how everybody in Watts must feel tonight. And it's, it's, it's incredibly self-pitying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At a time when I find it difficult to swallow her, of all people, being self-pitying. Sure. Uh, I'm but not I saying that, that it's maybe not maybe honest. they
2: want to show her how she felt about, maybe they want to show so they could say that last line.
0: You know, yeah. that
2: she feels how black people feel sure. all the time.
0: Right, right. No, I think yeah, I, I think that is a very good point. And 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 again, coming from the pen or the typewriter or the keyboard uh, of Deborah Pratt, I I, I I am again willing to kind of. But it did. I mean, just just, I, I was like, God damn, yeah. <laughs> like hey, like that is that is definitely self pity and self centered. And I think you're right Lamont. I think it does do a wonderful job of giving Sam the ability to then say, I think that's how everybody, you know, here feels tonight And, and kind of make that connection and drive home that point of like, we are all in this together. We can all feel and experience the same things regardless of the color of our skin. Um, even though we might be feeling them because of the color of our skin Mm.
2: i I agree with you i hate that moment and i didn't actually think about this like you know i I hate that during it i'm just like oh woman if you don't you know the whole time the the whole time i'm feeling exactly how you felt when i watched it this revelation of like oh maybe this is why it's not until we just start talking about it and because i often like being the devil's advocate so like this this is there i was feeling exactly like you're feeling i'm like why would you this is not about you, woman. This is about <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and and so you know, I, and I remember saying it to my wife, and, and, and like, and I was like, if you did that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I mean, I remember,
2: but I also remember thinking about it because in the context, you know, that the little kid comes in and this mom comes in, help me, please, help me. You know, she doesn't sound like that. I I I'm just I'm not very obviously I'm not that good of an actor. Check my IMDb out at at IMDb. Anyway, the point is like, um, um uh, you know, this this lady comes in carrying her son, and he's bleeding, and he's like, he needs help right now, and and. And, and this kid, if you watch it, this kid's laying there chill. It's all get out. Someone that's, that's bleeding, this kid is like like looking at the camera, you know, just, like, just having a good time.
0: And You're the, right, yeah.
2: And I But I didn't believe that he's looking at the camera. In my head, I thought he's like he's looking at Susan and noticing there's a white woman in the room. Yeah. Susan is that direction. He's like looking. He's like, ah, da, da, da. And the mom is like, you know, all kinds of help me, help me, please help me. And, and Sam goes over and he starts helping, helping. And then while Sam is helping and Susan comes over and starts immediately helping. She didn't come over and try to talk to this lady. Yeah, All of the things. She immediately comes over, starts helping. And this mother who up until this moment, I bought that she cared about her son more than anything in the world. <laughs> up until this moment, she decides to push away the nurse that is helping her daughter, and her son, Push away this nurse, this white nurse helping, and saying he doesn't need your help. Yeah, which in my head felt incredibly unrealistic. Um, uh, and and but then Scott, uh, Scott, I keep calling Scott like have a first name basis, like me. And <laughs> you know, uh, Sam Ray. You know, this like it's like, like fine. You know what? He goes into I'm going to curse for a moment, but he, I call it "fuck you, pay me" mode, which is you know <laughs> like you know generally when you have a job, and you're like, oh my god, I don't want to do do on the first you know and yeah and so like you're like okay whatever it's like dealing with customer service you're like oh yeah you don't really like it oh man yeah i'll get you an extra sauce okay just give me the money you know like in that sort of f you pay me mode yeah and so he's like okay fine i'm worried about this boy um and if if i can help this boy and stop this boy from dying whatever and i have to all i have to do is just get this person out of the room fine i'll do it i think it's a dumb idea but i'll do it you know it goes in that mode and and that's a realistic reaction, I think. It, yeah. Because it showed that that he was more in tune and focused on he, he, helping this kid than dealing with a racial issue. Yes. Um, like picking that battle and be like, okay, cool. This is not the hill we need to die on right now. We need to you know to worry about this kid, and but it felt so unrealistic for this mom to 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 pick. That's the hill she needs to die on, and that's the hill she needs to die on. Is that this lady can't get this lady can't help. It felt so like it felt. there was a one. It was one of the few times in the show where I felt like this is manufactured. This mm-hmm. is, um, this is something that's not a, that wouldn't be a realistic reaction. This mother would, sure afterwards she would be like, okay, blah blah blah, and feel some type of way and say something. But at the moment, they made it seem like her biggest priority is healing her kid, and I yeah. think that's almost any parents. Like, uh, 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 uh so yeah, I, I that part, that was the part I struggled with. And I, and I think I, I focused on that for a little bit more. I'm like, no, she would not be caring about
1: that. This It, it pulled me out a bit, you know?
0: I got you. Uh, no, that, that's totally fair. Um, but, uh, you know, he does, obviously, he saves the boy. Mm-hmm. There's that scene of him carrying the boy, which is very famous because it's in, like, the opening credits. Sure. and yeah. Um, so it's kind of an iconic scene. Um, but, uh, you know, things work out. He has that moment with Susan. Susan, of course, is still kind of upset. Um...
2: Oh sorry what, to jump back in I, I remember talking about my wife about it, and I remember the point I made was it's interesting because she helps this whole time until it wasn't everyone because I, I think and I, I think they could have made that point a little bigger, but I did notice it everyone didn't feel the same way as that black woman Yes, everyone else she helped a lot of people as clearly she's like I haven't slept in it, I haven't slept, I haven't eaten, I feel like a doctor meaning that she helped a lot of people in that time period, and only so far we only see one of them refuse to get help because she's White, you know, right? And so, and so later on, she's like, "I feel like da da da. I can't you know go on." And in my head, I'm thinking, only one person said they didn't want your help. Everyone else accepted your help, and as far as we're concerned, without incident. Yeah, yeah. And and I and I feel like they like it, it lends itself to the spectrum idea that not every everyone else may still you know feel some of way, but they're not life saving help. You know, mm, right? Mm. Which they'll come to. They'll come back later on when. Uh, some some when one of the some of the guys in a moment the next scene yeah actually, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah that's actually
1: so um, so yeah the guys bring in uh, Papa D he's been injured I think they say that his femoral artery, yeah. artery has been severed um, <clears throat> and so uh, yeah as they're arguing over what to do get him to a hospital you know the, there's no way that they can carry him next the, hot, the closest hospital I think uh, Mama says it's like five miles away and Matt mentions in yeah. his book that actually the nearest hospital was actually like more like 10 miles away like even further away uh, yeah. so
2: uh, and the ambulance is, and the ambulance are all oh, right, there's yeah. no ambulance there's,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah Papa D uh, dies while they're while they're arguing over him Uh
2: BB and they're arguing over who who can like whether they call the police to yeah. get him to the hospital
1: yeah that's right that's right yeah cause like we, uh, CCH pounder has a line you know call the police yeah and uh, he dies uh, BB immediately like he takes it out on Susan like grabs her um,
2: and this Clyde is why un- has a, the amazing moment of that amazing moment of, like that's the one time where you see him like fine I'll take I'll take white help you know because the idea of calling the police is like I'm not going to call the police yeah. the white people are the people that did this right I'm not going to call them for help until the idea where he's like until Ray uh, until Sam Ray says hey He's dead, and then immediately, immediately you see Lonnie, Fine, call the police. I'll get. I'll, I'll call the police to get, you know, Papa D to the hospital. He has this amazing emotional moment. Yeah, that's uh, right. That's a yeah. of, you know of of what's more important to me right now. Yeah, you know?
1: yeah. Greg
0: Miller is great in this episode. I mean, you know, this scene, uh, the scene at the party, the final scene. I mean, my god, like he just. He really knocks it out of the park. Mm-hmm. I mean, takes takes his place easily amongst some of the, the finest guest stars in, in, in mm-hmm. the you know entire history of the show. So uh, his his work is quite incredible. Um, but a- after Papa D dies on the table um, and and sort of the confrontation, you know, with baby and uh, or BB rather, and uh, and Susan and Lonnie's you know breakdown, things immediately kind of get darker. Um. Mm, yeah. You know, but, as yeah. if they weren't dark enough already. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. yeah. So yeah. Black toke? No. Ouch. Ouch. So so yeah. So Lonnie takes Susan hostage and kind of like lays down the line. Any more black people die, she dies. Sam goes to after her. BB tries to stop him. Puts a gun. Small. You know. Short fight. Mama gets a hold of the gun. Yeah, Sam. Sam runs off. I think like where where BB says like he's probably going to be taking her. Yeah, to his to his apartment, um, and then and then we break, and then we are we are out on the street. We're on the riot, and and Sam is trying to uh, yeah. stay hidden. We get a mirror shot here. We should also mention we get more mirror shots in this episode yeah. than usual, which is typical when Sam. Uh, and it's usually it's when he leaps into to a black person it's or a like, woman or a woman yeah. like when they need to let the casual viewer know as often as possible that Sam is not a white guy. Right? Uh, they put throw in a lot more mirror shots to to make that explanation. So, uh, so yeah, we get a shot of, of Sam hunched down in an alley. He catches a reflection of himself in the mirror.
0: It's also worth noting that in this particular case, we've, we've you know, talked about this before, about how a lot of the mirror actors don't usually tend to have much of a career. Um, sure, yeah. You know, yeah. They, 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 it's pretty much all they do, but that is not the case with uh, mm-hmm. Garen Grigsby, who plays the mirror image of Ray Harper, uh, who has been doing, you know, uh, I mean, a lot of work. Um, you know, some smaller parts here, some larger parts here and there, but uh, actually it was just recently in an episode of Westworld, world um so playing the male well-wisher um probably the Ooh. highlight of his career um
1: <laughs> i'm sorry i'm i'm a, terrible, terrible, I'm a, I'm a terrible person yeah. the guy's got his sag card you know okay yeah yeah <laughs> and here we are in a basement yeah right uh, so anyway uh so we were talking about this off mic beforehand and this is a goof that that matt dale points out in his book uh, so typically when Al appears in the imaging chamber like we get like the special effect of the chamber of light coming up and and al appearing yeah you know as as the light comes up but in this particular shot, it's clear that Dean stockwell is just standing off camera he steps into frame and then the light appears behind him, but the special Dean stockwell didn't do anything wrong right the special effects team did not fully execute the special effect well. Yeah. Uh, so we clearly see Dean Stockwell just stepping into frame. Just hanging (laughs) out. Just hanging out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but it, but, uh, yeah, back back to the serious matter of the episode, um, Al says it's taken a long time to get back to him because it was hard to get a lock on Sam with everything going on. Um, uh, and I think this is where, um, yeah Sam runs out into the street, and this is when he himself gets attacked by by several white police officers yeah
2: yeah that and that was an interesting you know moment because like, he, he like oh because it's right there where he finds out where she is too, so he know like um Al says he's at your apartment, you know at his mom's apartment or whatever, and so he's like, okay. Is. and so he's like oh, one block north two blocks west or yeah.
3: whatever
2: mm-hmm. and, he, and he goes to go and they're like, and I was like run 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 because the cops are coming and then he immediately gets you know yeah just clapped up and it's it was an interesting you know dramatic moment because you're like oh uh, yeah that was a possibility
1: right like, yeah. Thing, yeah and this is like this is uh previous or after like this is the most physical damage that Sam takes in an episode
2: yeah, he got, he got, he got worked over. Yeah. Later. Yeah.
1: Uh, so while this is going on, we're intercutting, we're also going to Lonnie's apartment where Susan is being held hostage. Important things to know plot wise is that Susan being taken hostage has made it to the news. Um, it has been put on the news and, and it also has been put out that it's like the stakes of, of, of not just her being taken hostage, but if any more black people are killed, she is going to be killed. Right. So this is where we get this idea that the news has been told to not report any more black deaths until they have been able to recover Susan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and we also then shortly after this, we see Captain Brewster out mm-hmm. there, um, you know, with other officers. Um, they, they they do end up shooting um Two people, right? Uh, yeah, two shooters, like uh, yeah, on like, on are, a roof or out of a window, and you know, yeah, they
2: were sniping at them. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: and it's very clear that they're not walking away from from that. Yeah. From that, yeah,
1: um,
2: they fall off a building.
1: They yeah, yeah, fall yeah.
2: off a building. Yeah. Uh, it's not a, Walk it off a fence, you
1: know. Yeah, right. So, uh, so Paul, the police captain, uh, runs in to, as Sam is being escorted around by the police. This is one of those things where we talk about where it's it's kind of a stretch, <laughs> sure. Uh, but yeah, Paul runs into to Sam, Ray And <laughs> and basically, uh, this is like right before, right as those two shooters are getting are yes. getting shot down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and basically, like you know, take me. You know, take me to wherever Susan is at. The shooters are shot down. They both realize what this means, and this is where we get this great shot of the captain looking up and seeing what's going on, and Sam stepping up into frame, his eye swollen shut, all bloody and just saying, "He's my brother. If anyone can reach him, it's me." And we
0: get, and we get, you know, we've we've mentioned a couple of scenes before, uh, you know, um, in in. The history of the show that are particularly affecting for a number of reasons, um, mostly due to, you know, the acting, but also from time to time, the way that they're shot or the way that they're lit. Mm -hmm. And this is absolutely one of those scenes when we get into the apartment with Sam and Lonnie and Susan. It is so well lit. It is so well shot. There's, there's, you know, tension is created, not just from, you know, these actors and the words coming out of their mouth, but literally from how claustrophobic it's made to feel with the camera. Um, it's, it's just some really great work. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I always love to have the opportunity when we get the opportunity to point it out to do so. Um, but this scene is, is incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, Al's there as well. So, you know, you've got all four of these characters in the room, um, and, Again, I mean, Gregory Miller as Lonnie just tears it up. It, mm-hmm. it is fantastic in the scene. And, um, you know, there's, there's some great moments between him and Sam, um, obviously. There's some great moments between Al and Sam. Um, it's just a really, I mean, it's just a powerful scene. Mm-hmm. And some of Deborah Pratt's, you know,
1: finest moments, I would say, as well. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, and so we do get, um, as we are in there, we also are intercut with shots of the sniper making his way up to the roof across the way. As soon as they can get a good shot on Lonnie, they're going to take it. Um, So we have this, you know, dialogue between Lonnie and and Sam. Just basically saying like, you know, I I can't believe you would kill Susan like you love me. I can't believe you would kill... Something I love. Yeah, something that I love. And uh, Lonnie is slowly breaking down until finally... He, you know, he he drops the gun and he says, get out. And it's important to note that even though Sam has not intentionally done this, but Sam and Susan are directly in the line of fire in front of Lonnie and they are what's preventing the sniper from taking taking the shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so Lonnie finally breaks down. He drops a gun. He's like, I think he says, get out. Get out of my face. Yeah. yeah, Both of you just got out of my my face. face, yeah. Yeah, And... Um, you know, from from the music build up, like we can tell what is about to happen.
2: You, but Uh, you hope not. Yes, you hope not. And and I and I got to
1: tell you this. I mean, because like you've never seen an episode of Quantum Leap before, this is the darkest. uh, Well, it's sad to say, most realistic (laughs) uh, (laughs) things. Uh, this is one of the darkest places that, that Quantum Leap has ever gone. Because any other episode of Quantum Leap, some miracle would have happened, and Lonnie would have not been shot. Yeah.
2: So uh, do sex. Do sex but the, but this
1: is an episode like it. it like it, it totally went there, and and so Susan and Sam they they step out of the way, and the the sniper takes the shot. Well, and
0: yeah. you know the, the the thing is is that. Um, It, yeah. The 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 top of the scene informs so much of what happens at the end of the scene with the conversation about Lonnie wanting to die. Yeah. That, yeah. that you know yeah. Susan Susan even said, you know, she has the line um uh he doesn't want to be stopped, right? He wants to die. And Al even says, I think she's right, Sam, I think he wants to be a martyr. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, and, but you know, Lonnie does say he's like he's like Watts has uh, plenty of martyrs, they don't need me. Um, and and it's great, you know. Again, Lonnie has this line. He's like, "I'm tired of talking about why." You know, uh, he's 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 hurt. He's you know, it's just the the he he becomes such a, a an open wound. Mm-hmm. You know, he's so so raw and expresses so much of the confusion uh, in in just a small moment that I feel like applies so perfectly to the greater whole of not only these
1: riots, but so much of what happened in the civil rights movement. Sure. And to touch back on what you're saying, like, you know, all of like Lonnie being an open wound and all these feelings, like there's a great line earlier in the episode that we missed that mama says like, he is filled with so much hate, but he has so much love. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like that, it was a, they, I, I think you know, they they showed someone perfectly in that way. You know, um, uh, someone that's perfectly I, I, like someone that is so for their people, you know, in a way. But and and like you know, like and I only know of one way to fix things. But also, under like he was he was one of the most down people for his cause, and then his cause was this. You know, the idea of taking back a city, fighting back. And so he was, and he was willing to do whatever he could in to, to be in the fight, and that was meant willing to die. But it also showed, you know, like he was also not going to, you know, once he realized that if that meant that he had to do something to his people to do that, I don't, and it was like that's not that's not the way to do it. That's not my route, you know. Yeah. I, the idea, like, no, I I I will I will murder an innocent, you know. I will, I will, if that means I can hurt, I can strike a blow, I can do this. But like the idea of like, I have to kill either my brother or someone my brother loves just to hurt someone else, he's like, that's not the route I can go. I can die for my cause, um, but, you know, and I, and I can be evil to them, but I don't know if I can be evil to us.
0: To right. Me, mm. you know? Yeah, no, that's, 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 yeah, that's a beautiful point, actually. Um, you know, I mean, unfortunately Lonnie does, you know, get shot. And then we have, I mean, it's just this lovely, lovely scene. It, it's, it, you know, it's interesting because I have to admit it's, it's a little reminiscent, um, of the end of rebel without a cause, um, where Sal Minio's character gets shot by the police.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but the gun didn't have any bullets, you know, James Dean's character had taken the bullets out of the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know in Susan's He Let Me Go He Let Me Go is very similar to you know to some of James Dean's lines and mm-hmm. some of Natalie Wood's lines um, but I don't think that that was intentional at all That's sure. just what it reminded yeah. me of um, but but that, that sort of the you know Sam why why does he have to die um, and then this is the moment kind of you were talking about too where sometimes Sam's Starts to kind of speak in the first person about the, who he's leapt into mm-hmm. um, or for them. And, and he says, it can't be for nothing, Al. I can't let his death be for nothing. And then he says, I have to stay in Watts, be a mm-hmm. doctor. Al's like, Ray has to stay in Watts, not you. And Sam says, I have to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, prompts Susan to say, no, we have to stay. Mm-hmm she announces that she's staying Sam says Al says Sam you did it and that's when Sam says is it enough yeah
2: yeah Woof! it it was such a I I mean now that now that I'm in my 30s I cry in every movie (laughs) but this one like even my eyes did well up a bit I was in there like Oh, this was supposed to be my birthday i, I shouldn't be you know crying but there <laughs> it was <laughs> you know and and only i, I think that's testament to like these the performances they're giving out and i mean sure also to the context um but uh it was it, um, no, uh, yeah 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. It,
0: it's a very, it's it, honestly, it's about as powerful as quantum leap as a television show gets, in my opinion. Mm. Um, you know, there are other moments I think that, that rise to this level,
1: but I mean, this is, this is, a, you know, this I, is not to be missed. Yeah. Uh, I would yeah. say it is, uh, it is the most emotional the show gets when it's not Sam and Al wrapped up in their own lives. Yeah. oh yeah for sure uh, because we've just come off like the the season two finale and the start of season three was very much wrapped up into Sam and Al's personal stories yeah uh, but I would say yeah, this episode is yeah.
0: and the you know the way that Sam reacts to this death you cannot help but think of Tom and the yeah. fact that Sam's brother Tom originally died in Vietnam and Sam tries to stop that from happening and it doesn't go the way that he planned but then he gets a second chance actually in Vietnam with his brother and he does he is successful and he does save his brother's life um you know and in that instance he even talks about how he had to trade a life for a life in order to make it happen and now here he is and Ray's brother you know is is dead Yeah. yeah um and it's you know it's it's like he's losing you know it's like he's losing something all over again uh, yeah i heard yeah.
2: about that yeah, yeah. It, it, he he did seem really affected by it and it and i mean i i took it i mean i don't have the, the same historical context you guys but i just took it as in like like the investment that he made just now and also like the issue itself yeah you know, like I, I took it as in like a character view of like how wrong this all was and how how we felt like being someone that's like, because a lot of the show, he's like, I don't understand. To a way, he was a little bit like Susan, a little bit. He's like, no, guys, just you know, there'll be people, you know, they, people. Once if we raise them to be humans, then you know, no one would be racist to them. And you know, yeah, a little bit of that naive, you know, feel to it. And you know, and, and I that towards the end where he's like, oh, uh, why did this have to happen? Why da da da? Uh, like for them, just this, you know, all coming home. And credit to Quantum Leap. Because they could have, and and to the writer, um, uh, because she could have easily not had uh, Lonnie let her go and then get shot. Yeah, yeah. Like in many, you know, many shows where they don't, and the guy gets killed. Blah blah. blah but they, this character Lonnie was rounded. He he was not just some hell bent on causing this harm to the other to the enemy. Hell bent on winning. This particular fight He understood Like He was around it In a view of like a, I like to think of it As most people are Being like This is not the way I thought This is the way I realized it Because I talked about it earlier About how he says You were wrong Yeah mm-hmm. And he didn't And it didn't click then Because he was like You were wrong And now this person's dead And I don't think It clicked then Because he's like I, He said something so He's like And if I'm right later on She dies blah blah, blah. So I think now It's where it clicked He's like I'm in. Most characters Don't ever realize They're wrong Or they, they can't ever admit that and this one he, like he realized this was wrong and and I think it made the
0: moment after him of him dying all the more powerful absolutely mm-hmm. because, because instead of because, being a villain who kind of gets what's coming to him this ends up being someone that learns you know from from all of the the horrible things that are happening around him and that he almost himself you know, Perpetrates and then still loses, even after having that epiphany, even mm-hmm. after you know changing, and, and it to, does it does make it all the more uh, uh, sad. Yeah.
2: To, to do to do the right thing and still get killed, yeah, it it, it makes it. I feel like I feel like the writer, she was a little angry, you know. Yeah, like she she because you know you know you know that the idea that he, you know i'm not resisting you know that 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 sort of feel to it you know mm-hmm. because because you know beatley susan's like he let me go he let me go then the dad comes in he comes charged again he's like he let me go he let me go and the dad's like you know he he had a gun and 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 she's like no he didn't you know yeah. and like it has like it has a little bit of that feel now you know of like we thought he had a weapon and, and and so we shot him 27 times and you're like it has that feel of you shot this guy in the head when we moved out of the way and we weren't in danger anymore and you killed this guy yeah that does make it makes me angry i mean like mean, also you of course it's sad but also like you have that that moment of anger and sadness and, and also this helplessness that i imagine you know that's what you know sam ray is feeling you know this uh you know uh, yeah there's, there's just a lot of a lot of emotional connection in that way
0: yeah well and again you know as we strive to place the episode in the context of different time periods that you know when it was set when it aired and where we are today um the idea that we are seeing a, a you know, an unarmed black man being shot and killed um when he was trying to do the right thing um is something that we're all too familiar with in in this day and
2: age right yeah it's it yeah right because I mean I guess in 1990 that's not something you used to like well, I mean you may you like personally like individually but like as a nation now it's right such
0: a, it was not like, in our consciousness in the same way yeah
2: mm-hmm. yeah now introducing the cell phones with you know with you know, cameras and you everyone has a camera now like I mean we always like we generally always talk about saying that you know you know brutality and stuff like that has always happened it's not like it suddenly came up in 2012 right so it's always happened it's just we didn't have a video of it so it's always one word versus the other and and i mean and i mean that both ways whether we uh, you know uh, police versus you know it's all like generally and and vice versa the other way around the other way around of like police doing their job correctly and it, but it, you know, it you know, it looks bad, or or or, or uh, a perpetrator or something like that, doing something to police officers, and then re- reacting accordingly. You know, but having no. I know. Now with this video evidence, and everyone can see it, it's always in someone's mind. It's very, it's very, we're all very conscious of it, yeah. opposed to before the age of cell phones I mean I I knew about Rodney King only because comedians joked about it all the time right and and, but I saw a video of it
0: it was on but they did capture that on video so that's a great point to bring up because it's not like Rodney King was the only person to get pulled from his car and beaten like that (laughs) but it was on video and so everyone saw it and so again placing you know going back to the context thing in 1965 how many white people, you know, especially white people in the north, were for the first time seeing videos of black people being beaten in the south, or crosses burning on front lawns, and so and even, yeah. you know, the Watts Riot, it's like there's footage that's being used in this episode that was actually, you know, shot at that time, so it's like, it was present, it was in people's homes in a very different way, the thing, you know the the, the difference and sort of the continuum that we keep growing on though is is now it's ever present, because before, yeah. you had to sit down and watch the nightly news to see that, you know, before or in 65, you could, you maybe had two chances in a week to see this actually happening or whatever. In, in 1990, you could see it, you know, every day in 2018, you can see it anytime you want. You can yes. watch the same video again and again, and again, you can watch five videos every day, you know? So it's, it's, it, yeah, the way that we receive that information has just changed so much. Um, and, and I think that that absolutely has an effect uh, on our, you know, our, our public consciousness of, of of what these things do to us, and um, and how often they should not be happening.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I when you when you say this, uh, when we, we're I mean, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, the 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 Martin Luther King and the Malcolm X, like the the ends of the spectrum, mm-hmm. and you know, like I mean, as I've watched this episode, I you know, I think about you know. We you have a lot of um, uh, we have a lot of America as a whole really loves Martin Luther King as America as a whole we, we he has a day you know um, uh, I think generally you get off school for it I mean like it's it's like a, it's like a, like a bank holiday type thing yeah but then uh, but then if you think about it a lot more black people black men more often than not relate to Malcolm X far more. Uh, than than Martin Luther King, and I remember I was, uh, I've, I've had conversations about like how uh, black people we of course care about Martin Luther King because we're, we have limited options, <laughs> like but ultimately they relate more to Martin Luther King uh, to Malcolm X because he was like for like. You know, any means possible, and and we all like a lot of times black people feel like we love Martin Luther King because I mean the, the America loves Martin Luther King because he was nonviolent. Yeah, because it was he was a safer one to for for it's the option of black people we want you to be like this person. Yeah, this is the one we want you to be like, so we're going to put him on this pedestal. But in reality, I'm not sure Malcolm X was wrong. You know, like 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 his idea was they don't they don't care because it's not happening to them. Make it happen to them. Which. Because a lot of Elani's thinking in this episode is, you know, Charlie doesn't care, Charlie doesn't care about Charlie sees a you know a nigga get shot on you know blah blah, blah and he forgets about it the next day goes on with his life. Now, as soon as a white person gets got killed, then suddenly they have to deal with it and they realize they've gone too far, da da, da Which is this idea that you know the, the distance this doesn't to them because it's not happening to them. Martin and Malcolm X's idea was to make it to happen to them. Yeah, make them re- make them realize that this sucks, not, and, th- and that they can't just view it from a lens; they got to live it. And so, uh, I mean, and so it's hard because a lot as a black man, you're like, oh, he might have been right, but the one we talk about is Martin Luther King. And yeah, he's he, he not necessarily wrong either. But yeah, right.
0: It's it's, it's well, it's interesting too to note that Mar- uh, Malcolm X had been assassinated six months prior to when this episode takes place. Um. So uh, you know, it, I, I obviously would have been fresh in people's minds, and I think that you know, clearly as an instigating factor for somebody like Lonnie, you're right. Uh, you know, to 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 be able to kind of carry on that that mission of of saying you know make it happen to them, knowing that Malcolm X is dead. Um, yeah. <clears throat> which is important. Again, it's important to have that that context. Man, uh, go ahead. Sorry.
2: No, no, that, that, that I mean. It, it, you know you often I don't actually hear all that much about Malcolm X, but like he's such a in Compton in Watts like in like definitely black neighborhoods. He is such a prominent figure. People have pictures people have pictures of Malcolm X in their house. They don't have pictures of Martin Luther King in their house. Yeah. You, you, see, you see pictures of Martin Luther King in schools because that's, you know that's the, that's the good one to look up to. But like black people as a whole, they, Malcolm X is the one that they're,
0: well, you know, that I, I, this is probably going to be fairly controversial. I doubt to any of the three of us in this room right now. Uh, but I, I, I think that what you said about Martin Luther King Jr. Being safe and Malcolm X not being safe, especially in this day and age, um, I, there are a lot of people out there that I'm sure do not want black people to see someone like Malcolm X, raised up as a role model because right. <laughs> it would scare the hell out of a lot of comfortable white people. Um, and, and, and I think that, you know, it's one of the reasons why history is so incredibly important. And, um,
2: well, I mean, even think about Cesar Chavez, Chavez is, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the guy that they put up, he was not violent. Now there's plenty, there's been plenty of people in Hispanic history that are violent, not necessarily violent, but more active, aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Aggressive, yeah. Thank you. Aggressive. And But they're like, no, hey, we, we're going to give a day and a street to the one that, you know, you know, how you know what he um you know, what he decided to, to protest about. He didn't eat for a while. Yeah. But like, this is the one that, you know, this is how you get a, this is how you get to us. In reality, I'm not I don't necessarily agree. I don't know if this is how you get to them.
0: By, right, right. But, yeah. No, no, those are I mean, those are incredibly gandhi too i mean like all salient points right i know i was just thinking about gandhi too i was just sort of like it's not like gandhi was the only one protesting for you know uh indian independence Uh, you know and some people were doing it a hell of a lot more violently than he was but he's the one that everybody wants to raise up of course because it is it's a you know it ends up being not as threatening um and 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 i think that you know it's it's hard to imagine a world where Martin Luther King Jr. was threatening, even though he was very threatening to the status quo in, you know, in the sixties. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But, but you know, somebody like Malcolm X, even today would still be considered threatening. Whereas Martin Luther King Jr. would not be. Um, no,
2: no, yeah. no, no uh, he would, he would be, um, <laughs> Martin Luther King, which is interesting and it, it, it crappy in its own way. Today, Martin Luther King would be an uncle Tom. Mm. He to, Today, I don't know. Maybe not as far as Uncle Tom, but he would be very much so viewed under the lens of like you sold out. Like you, like now we understand in the like in the context, and we've been like raised, grown up, school every year to be like you know that's a one person you hear about him and Rosa Parks. The, the two people you hear about during black history month. Right. And so you, so, and both the nonviolent ones, you know, and so you, you, you hear or the non-aggressive ones. So you, so he has this very big place in history, but if you, if, if he did that now where he was like, listen, these people are getting, these people are getting, you know, beat up and, and sitting down in a restaurant and they're getting beat up. I say, we go down and we sit and we don't do anything back. I don't know if he would have the same effect. I don't know if if people as a whole would generally view it the same, and like and and have and be nearly as accepting about it.
3: Mm-hmm. Like,
2: oh, if if someone told us now, you know what, you know, in the context, of, you know, like unarmed black men are getting shot, you know, all these places, let's go to a restaurant, sit down, and even when hit us, beat us, let's and sit there and take it. I'm sure some people would. It would be viewed as weakness. Now, it would be mm-hmm. viewed as. As And I'm not saying it's right. No, absolutely. Sure. But I mean, mm-hmm. it would be viewed as a cop out and, you know, uh, Uncle Thomas,
1: maybe. You said that uh, years ago, I, I can't remember who the author was, but I saw him. Uh, he had written a biography of Martin Luther King. or I don't know if it was a full biography or it may have just been about his last days. Uh, I, unfortunately, I can't remember the author's name, but I saw him being interviewed on The Daily Show. And actually, he pointed out that by the time Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated, a lot of the black community did look at him yeah. that way. Yeah. They, they felt like he wasn't effective anymore. Um, and like I, I don't like using this word. I can't think of a better phrase. His star was kind of fading. Uh, right. And then when he was assassinated, that kind of... Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it elevated his status again. But but to speak to your point is like, yeah, by by the time, by the time he was assassinated, like uh, a lot of people had started to feel that way about him. Well, a lot of people. The the thing is, is that
0: when he went to the White House, you, you know, with LBJ and and was there. And I mean, there's. I think there's even a comment that gets made about how you know he went all the way to Washington D.C. and all he got was a pen because LBJ gave him one of the pens that he signed the Civil Rights Act with. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he and, and at that point there were a lot of people in that in that movement in that community that did see him as as weak as as, as a sellout as you know he's so they signed a piece of paper until you know we get proof that this is what's going to happen. Why should we be going up there shaking hands? getting a pen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think history has definitely taught us right, especially mm-hmm. a lot about, uh, you know, who he was as a human being. Um, I think that the, the importance of his message will never diminish though. I mean, I mm-hmm. think that, you know, obviously sure. he's an incredibly powerful speaker and, and, and the message overall and, you know, the idea of, of, of living <laughs> as one, um, and equals is 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 certainly something to to always aspire to but i think that you know lamont raises a good point about how we get there sometimes is
2: and, and, and don't get me wrong like in my, my, i mean I, i'm married to a white woman so like uh, to, to a point <laughs> like definitely he is my role model you know what i mean like i i mean i i would except for when i get finished watching this episode of quantum leap i'm always for you know I, i'm almost always for the non you know, the nonviolent approach. Oh, probably because I got more to lose now. You know what I mean? But like, I'm always like, I look up to him as a like as someone who could be in that world and understand that and and, and commit to that. So this is how like he believed in his route, and this is how we get to where he envisioned us being. And this is the route that he chose. And he's like, no, this is a route that you know would would he he believed. I believe that he believed that. That all this hatred came from fear, and if and if we show them that we that they don't need to fear us, then they don't need then in their minds they don't need to destroy us, they don't need to hate us. We, they can understand that we are not a threat to them, because as humans react very, as history showed us, we react very much the same to threats, like always. Uh, as and so, like if we show them that we are not a threat to them then you know we then we have not they have nothing to fear from us they don't need to destroy us now interesting malcolm x viewed the other way of like you know the, america didn't view indians as a threat and look how they treated them so you know i mean they, they both thought of it from uh, generally somewhere similar places and as, Mal, as i look up to you know you know mlk's uh, ideals and and what his words and and his path chosen and he is definitely if not the biggest role model we have as a community uh i just don't know if, Mal- if malcolm x was wrong <laughs> so sure. I, I don't like I, I don't i don't know if he was wrong I, yeah like i i don't know if he was i don't know if mlk was right either that's what i mean like like it, it, i mean history says you know we 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 you know we are here because of you know martin luther king's nonviolent approach and i'm not sure that's completely correct i think that's rosy colored lenses you know what i mean it's like oh we're here because martin luther king marched. i'm like i oh, don't know i think there's some other things that affected that
0: yeah i that's think you're absolutely right and i think it's a very very important to understand that and it's important to look outside of just that you know it's important to, to, to know martin luther king and understand martin luther king but it's even more important to decide to say i'm not going to just read about that march you know that i'm gonna i'm gonna look at who else was around who else was having an effect on things yeah. Um, Lamont, thank you so 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 much uh, for for adding so much to the conversation today. Uh, it's definitely, I think, time for us to to wrap up. Past time for us to wrap <laughs> yeah, up, yeah. as usual. You know, I was, gonna uh, say, I,
1: I was gonna say, usually we talk about where Sam leaps into next week, but given the the total inappropriateness of it, oh god, I, it's like, another one yeah. of the horrible leap. Yeah, let, let's just leave it. At, let's just leave it yeah. at that. And this was just a, a wonderful, <laughs> uh, a wonderful way to, to end the conversation. And We'll just say we will come back next week. Yeah. Uh, To talk about the great Spontini. One, one other thing though, real quick. Okay, Dennis, what did
0: you think of the episode? Oh, um, you can just say I loved it.
1: I mean, whatever, you know. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, Oh, God, I loved it. Yeah, you know, we talked about like earlier, like how I felt like it, it, it wasn't, it didn't feel like an episode of Quantum Leap because it just felt like. Sam and Al were, like, dropped into this situation. Yeah. And now, like, having, like, talked and, and processed the episode, I almost wish they had done more episodes like this. Absolutely. Where where it's just kind of like, you know what? We're really going to, like, really, like, drop you in into a really important historical moment. Yeah. And we're just going to use Sam and Al as whatever uh, whatever vehicles we need to tell you this story, uh, even if it's not, like, really consistent with their characters we've seen with other episodes. Uh, yeah, now that we've talked about it, I wish they'd, they'd done this more often. It, it, Lamont, what are your final thoughts?
2: Uh, you know, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's their best episode. I think it's their, you know... Their <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's easily my favorite. Easily. Um, uh, uh, some of their best work. <laughs> um, I, I think it is a great episode to... Um, to introduce people to to the show i but only because i've only seen this one i don't know if it's the show is ultimately often more comedic than this um uh and and they could have went that route. of course they could have made it funny that this is a white guy uh, in a a, a black world
3: (laughs) sure sure Um,
2: but like uh, in terms of i think it's a great episode to show new people because this is this made me want to watch far more I want I, I got I'm a, I want to know who these guys are I want to know how they got here now and I want to know like you know more about the show and this because it's such a cool concept such a cool characters that I you know I want to see more of them and I imagine they're nothing like this anymore from the conversation
1: <laughs> yeah. with you guys so, so, so I, I meant to bring this up earlier but to touch on this we talk, kind of talked about this last week before we started recording the other episode uh are you familiar with the show it's always sunny in Philadelphia Yes. Yeah. So there is an episode, a more recent episode from the last couple of years, where it's basically a quantum leap episode, where the entire gang uh, leaps in to this group of black people, um, and, and they experience uh, and they experience life as black people. Um, <laughs> and on top of that, it's a musical episode. <laughs> on top of that, Scott Bakula has a cameo. <laughs> As Scott Bakula being a janitor oh. because his residuals have run out. <laughs> um, uh, but to say is like they, I mean they 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 touch on like some really harsh things. Like one of them at the end of the episode is shot mm. by a white cop, <laughs> and it's a it's like they show something really dark, and it's and it's played for laughs, but it's also obvious like they also know that they are making. Point, they are just trying to put a really dark humor spin on it. Yeah, uh, uh, just, just to, speak to speak to your that, point, like, like, comedy
2: a lot of uh, people allow you to hit people when you laugh, you're 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 more vulnerable then sure. than sure when you're watching something dra- dramatic. Yeah, because like uh, comedians, that you know the idea that like, comedians are allowed to talk about social commentary because of you know. The, the, the area that is your your guard's down you're laughing it's a good moment so you can tell something that's serious and has and have someone make a connection to make it real because the, the the concept of laughter opposed to in a drama your walls are up because you're, you're like oh man I'm not trying to you know the thing yeah. You, you, you try to, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and and I'll I'll just throw my final two cents in. I feel like this episode ended up being more honest than the past few episodes have in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways. I think, you know, since leap of faith and leap home part two, um, you know, they've been fairly fluffier and not quite as, as genuine and authentic, Mm -hmm. uh, and truthful as this episode was. It's a great episode. It's easily up there with, with, you know, the best episodes of the series. And, um, and I'm, I'm thrilled, again, Lamont, that you came on to discuss it with us. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for uh, uh, it was a bearing blast. with us. I'm sorry about taking all the tangents, but I love it. no, no, oh, no awesome. before, yeah. we'll we we'll, well, we'll definitely endeavor to have you back on yeah. uh, after you've seen
2: some more episodes. So yeah, yeah. And <laughs> thank you
1: for bearing with us during our technical difficulties earlier.
2: Yeah. Oh, no, no, this was a good time, guys. I'm really, I'm really happy
1: with this. Awesome, cool. Well, thank you
0: so much, uh, Lamont Hendrix. Check him out on IMDb. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> please, please, I need get his, get, get his views up. You know, and uh, while you're doing that, also make sure you click the like and subscribe button on iTunes for Fate's Wide Wheel. Uh, we're coming at you next time around with the great Spontini, as Dennis has already said. Uh, so, in addition to redundancies, I'm going to offer you this. We're going to leap
1: out of here. All right, all right. See you so next time. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed what you've heard or have any questions or comments, don't be shy. Reach out to us online at www.quantumleappod.com or Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Fates Wide Wheel. And remember to hit the subscribe button and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you may be listening. Until next time.
3: Nice.